reminds me of that Creeper World game. Where, like, it's like a tower defense game almost, where like, you start somewhere, you have to build like power supplies, and you build like guns to keep the creep away, and then you eventually have to like fight your way through it yeah. to like get to where it's coming from and then destroy like the nexus on each map. That's cool. I've seen that game. I was about I was I was this close to pulling the trigger on it a couple times and I just never did. I don't have the newest one, but I have three. It's, it's alright. Like it's, it's yeah. fun. No, it looked interesting. I don't know why. Nothing nothing particularly stopped me from pulling the trigger on it. I just I guess I never did. And it even takes like depth into account, like if you're up on a hill, like it'll fill in the valleys first. But it like it literally fills it in so it takes longer to destroy it so there's so much there. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah, there's also a um I didn't know this. There's a, a fungus that gets into rats and it literally in, it inhibits their in the brain and inhibits their this is a dangerous kind of sense. So it just makes suicidal rats? Yeah. Yeah, because the fungus's whole goal is to get into a cat. <laughs> yeah. This mouse is just a stepping stone for my life. It is. <laughs> yeah. So then the rat just runs out in front of a cat. Normally the rat yeah. would scurry away and now the rat gets eaten and the fungus is in the cat and the fungus is happy. The That's cat's an, not. It's <laughs> definitely an interesting take. Yeah. No, it'll, it'll all get there. Yeah, that'll be the next... Uh, you know what? I need to get to a cat. <laughs> Was that cat, like, running out in front of a coyote then or something? No, oh. no, because the cat's the final life cycle oh, for okay. the fungus. It also apparently is in humans quite a bit. <laughs> it's interesting. We, again, not 100% sure exactly how this all works. I learned there's a lot we don't know about fungus. So get ready, people. <laughs> a future topic is probably going to be fungus. All the fungus facts you ever wanted to know. <laughs> yeah. And then some. Little, little fun guy. Yeah, listen, we at Room to Talk are fun guys, yeah. okay? Why not? Fun guys with fun guys. As soon as you said it, I was thinking, I was like, yeah, that is actually a really good one. Like, I don't really know much about it. I was no. like, it's, it's, it's a solid one. Yeah. I like the ones where you don't, like, if, like... If you if you say it to us and we're just like oh shit that's a good one or if like as you're like the ones that you basically the ones you don't expect yeah you know what I mean like if if one of us say it to one another or if you're just online and then you feel like you said like you had one that you were working on and then you were just like mm-hmm. then boom you found like that one and it's just like it hits you and you're just like oh the one the one that came out of nowhere I always like those ones yeah I honestly think that topic I'm working on is gonna like spawn like at least a couple offshoots that we can talk about from there oh yeah there I say this one might not even might even have like a couple that we'll come back to. I'm kind of excited about this one. What are we talking about this week, Mike? Uh, we're going to be talking about the first confirmed UFO sighting, in, the- at least in America, if not like around the world in the modern era, that is at least. Okay, so the modern era. Mm-hmm. It, t- it took place in 1947. Okay, yeah, so that's, that, what, that's right about when all the cameras and everything Well, it was were. before Roswell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was not a lot of technology that was just like able to snapshot the sky and stuff like that back then. Mm-hmm. And just what, quickly, obviously. The first confirmed UFO in America. Well, I think I think minimum. It, I, minimum. Yeah, I think it might have been the world, but it's at least in America. Yeah. Like at the very least. Uh and like one thing I think is cool about it, like this is like right after World War Two, so like people yeah. know what things in the sky are. Like people understand like planes and Big stuff bangs. like that. Yeah, like, like people understand like what's a pl- like what a plane looks like and like yeah. what it sounds like going overhead and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't I'm, know. I'm excited for it. You know what we gotta do first. Mike's news articles. <laughs> this is just Mike's podcast. Basically. <laughs> We're just living in it. Hey, you yeah. guys just come and listen to me talk for a while, you know? Yeah. Basically. <laughs>
I leave my house, drive around, come back here after Mike shows up. Mike's already in the room. Like, oh, hey, what's up? Welcome to my humble abode. <laughs> like, oh, shit, Mike, it's been a while, man. <laughs> Long time no see. <laughs> so uh, a cop called for backup after being followed by a drone, only to find out it was the planet Jupiter. It was the planet Ju- How do you mistake <laughs> Jupiter? <laughs> so, uh, the Daily Record reported the officer left her station around midnight when she first saw the bright light she believed to be a drone. She attempted to, quote, lose the drone on her way to a local shopping center. However, she failed. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing. Afraid, she eventually called the general complaints number for Police Scotland to report that she was being followed by a drone and, quote, couldn't lose it. The operator working the complaints line told the officer to return to her station where she could meet with a senior officer, so she did what she was told. And when she arrived at her station, she, quote, she was found standing in the police yard with her hood up trying to hide from the, quote, drone and pointed out the bright white dot in the sky. When the senior officer looked up the light, they realized the drone she had afraid of was actually just Jupiter. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> How? How do you mistake a fucking star? I, I, I don't know. She saw a bright light in the sky and she's like, that's following me. <laughs> so are the other 170 fucking I lights just, you can see up there. Also, like, um, did you say that uh, there is other officers that... Well, no, yeah. she well, called. She, yeah. she called, like, basically, like, their 911. Like, their, like, non-emergency like emergency 911. Yeah. And, uh... So whoever like, came up and this, saw this bitch hiding from a well, drone... No, 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 like, so... That's who realized. Well, no, so they, like, she says, she's like, yeah, I'm a police officer, I'm being followed by a drone. Like, okay, go to your station. Like, they told her, like, go to your station, and then, like, you'll meet with the other officers there, and, like, they'll help you, or whatever. And when she got there, the other officers came out, and they're like... That's, that's just Jupiter. That's a planet. Like man. she's like, like she's literally but cowering that's a, in the corner of. Yeah, like but that's also what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get to is like that couple of minutes for those few people who were like, okay, where's this drone? Yeah, and then she's around. like trying to explain it, and they're just like, <laughs> you mean that? what? You what are you talking the, about? You like, the they, yeah, they just have to be looking like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're like up in the, it. Further, 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 like it's not, it's not here, it's up, it's up there. They're just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? In space. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong like you with you? You find the tallest building and like you see it like go behind it like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's crazy. Oh, man. And Jupiter's like really easy to pick out in the sky. We got it. We got it. Well, actually, uh, right now it's one of the easiest times to see it because it's uh it's at its opposition in August. Yeah. Which means it's uh, basically opposite the sun. So it means it's the closest to us it will be. Yeah. No, Jupiter is really easy to pick out in the sky like all the time. It's like Mars almost. Mars is so fucking easy to find in the sky. If you see like a red star in the sky, probably Mars. Yeah. For the most part. Like. Yeah. If, if you live in the northern hem- hemisphere, you should be able to see it pretty much any time from like August and even past. Because I mean, it's going to be here a while. Yeah. Jupiter is fucking huge. We need to do way better IQ tests on our police well, see, officers. One thing, though, I mean, I don't know. Like, I obviously like don't live in the UK. Don't really know that much about Scotland. But I think it just goes to show, like, in general, like, especially in America, is a big problem that, like, police are trained to basically be afraid all the time. Like, they're taught that, like, people are out to get you. Yeah, everybody's out yeah. to get you. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Even Jupiter. Yeah, Jupiter's yeah, out to get you. <laughs> like, like, this lady was so, like, paranoid yeah. That she's being followed by a fucking planet. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, that doesn't... Uh, they said, uh, the staff... Uh, the source continued to say that the officer was, quote, embarrassed when it was explained to her that the drone was simply a, par- a planet, and apparently that her, uh, those at her station are concerned. 
<laughs> to be fair, like you're that paranoid that that's a drone following you that you you it's a it's literally in the it's in space. This is going to haunt her for years. They said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would be fucking mortified. I like, gave you that fucking clue. That's I feel like drones. You know how tiny that speck is in the sky? Mm-hmm. How high up that drone would have to be? I don't think drones could fly that high to make it that small. Well, even it? so, it's just like... Oh, yeah, for sure. They could? Yeah. Okay. But even so, if, if that was even true, wouldn't you just give up? Just be like, oh, well, I'm not going to do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... Like, like, fuck it. It's going to find me. Also... It's not moving. If you're so afraid of... If, what are you doing wrong that you're so afraid of being followed? Yeah. <laughs> That's... The, that I've heard that line used. <laughs> if you're not doing anything wrong, why do you care if somebody's following you? Yeah. No, this is intense. It's not. <laughs> this is absolutely insane. Yeah, I thought that was a good one to start a uh, podcast. Yeah, that's with. a good one. I, you know, I've been watching a lot of fucking videos on YouTube about space and whatnot. I learned quite a bit about Jupiter that I just didn't know. It fucking affects the sun's orbit a little bit. I mean, it is big, but I didn't like, know that. Well, it, like, if Jupiter left our solar system, we might be fucked. Hmm. <laughs> like, we actually, as a planet, would move our orbit a little bit and whatnot. Because it affects everything. It's so fucking big. I was going to say, did you see Daddy Bezos went up into space today? No. Yeah, that was today. But, uh... He, like, did his flight and everything. Oh, nice. They, yeah, they were in space for a while. Well, okay. They weren't in space for 11 minutes. The whole flight took, like, 11 minutes. Mm. So they launched, went up. I think it was, like, 55,000 feet or something like that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, you get them, Bezos. Drink their blood. With with both the oldest and the youngest now confirmed astronauts. Nice. He just I had to, like... give them fucking astronaut status. <laughs> yeah, they're I not. know, but it's just, like, it's still, like, they claim... they. I think they only classify them as it because they, 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 went they up. technically breached the internationally agreed upon space line. Yeah. 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 So they're technically astronauts. So, That's what I mean. And it was only because that one billionaire went up before Bezos. Mm-hmm. So he was technically the first billionaire in the space. The galactic guy. Yeah. yeah. And so then Bezos just had to like one up him. He was like, you know what? I'll bring the youngest and the oldest astronauts with me. It's like, what the fuck? I was watching. It was so funny when they landed. You see like two trucks pull up to him. Two guys in like full black like suits run out and they're like pounding this thing in the ground because apparently like the capsule gained like a lot of static charge on the way back. So they have to like ground the capsule before they get oh, out. Yeah, they're like pulling the parachutes it. off and stuff where they're just sitting in there just waiting. It's probably like five minutes. Like, the dude pulls out like a case and builds a little stepping stool. Like, <laughs> everything, like, real quick. He just throws it together real quick, puts it there and stuff. Shut oh, up. I'm not even kidding you, dude. <laughs> your stairs, your majesty. Well, I was, like, skipping through. I was just, like, skipping through, like, probably, like, 30 seconds at a time, you know, and yeah. stuff. Like, just saying, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then I was like, wait a minute, where those come from? And I had to, like, back up. <laughs> and, like, this <laughs> man put these stairs together so fast, they just appeared in the video. Yeah. I was like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> like, the guy just, like, really just opens up a case fucking just like puts it together the staircase real quick sets it down nice <laughs> this is fucking st- they couldn't just have the staircase pre-built and just wheel it right over no well I mean cause it's just it's in Texas somewhere yeah. just down in the fucking desert wherever they landed this way daddy Bezos <laughs> your yeah, right. stairs my daddy <laughs> it was so funny and then of course like you see the camera crew like rush there before he gets out yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> oh man they were like, oh, yeah, we have to pull these parachutes off. Like they said, like the announcer was like, yeah, they had to pull the parachutes off so they don't make sure the door isn't like encumbered by it or anything. And I'm expecting the door to like swing open and out. The door fucking opens in. 
Oh no! I think the announcer fucked up. <laughs> the door. You know, you gotta remove the parachutes so that they don't get in the way of the door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, makes sense. Makes sense. Sees door open. Opens in. Suddenly doesn't make sense anymore. But okay, we can roll with it, announcer. Right. <laughs> I mean, I always like space stuff. Like, I think it's cool that like private industries are going to space now. You know, like just to make it more. Yeah, the problem is it's not regulated at this point, and I think that's a problem because we have how many thousands upon thousands of satellites in the orbit already that don't do anything anymore. We literally have a fucking junkyard around our Earth's atmosphere, and because it's not regulated, any, any old schmuck can launch a satellite into orbit, and it's perfectly fine. Don't worry, eventually it'll all come crashing back down. Yeah, no, I, I, was, I was watching videos on that, actually. <laughs> and the amount of satellites that get knocked out of Earth's orbit. The good thing is, you know, our planet's like fucking, what, 80% water or some shit like that. So odds yeah. of most times it falls in the ocean. Sometimes um, it might land on your house. Yeah, that's going to be the problem eventually. <laughs> Especially you just keep putting more and more of them up there. Yeah. Um, from what I've seen on the videos, most of them have landed either in a desert or... Or in the ocean. Yo, you imagine just being trapped and like <coughs> stuck in the desert somewhere. You just come upon a satellite. Satellite, yeah. <laughs> now there was a fucking big satellite that fell out of orbit that I I didn't know um, had happened. It landed. There's there's a section of the Pacific Ocean that is satellite absolutely reef. huge, <laughs> and it's like barren. Like we we don't go there. There's very little life that lives there. And there's, like, no islands and stuff. Yeah, and it just fell right in there. <laughs> and, but it was, like, a huge fucking satellite. It was one of the bigger ones we've ever launched. I wonder if it's ever caused, like, a tsunami or something somewhere. I don't know. I doubt it. I, I don't think they're big enough for that, but... Oh, I was watching, uh... I was watching that Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch show, and, uh... Was it you that brought that up? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Uh, is there another season the out of that? Yeah, so I just finished season two. Oh, uh, okay. And at the end of season two, they uh, they make, like, this comparison. They show, like, a map of the world of all, like, the major, like, meteor impact sites. And then, like, it lines up with, like, different sites of, like, strange activity around the world. Like, and especially over Skinwalker Ranch. Like, th- like basically, that whole area is just, like, a big bowl because of a meteor impact so long ago. Huh. It's interesting. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. That is actually really interesting. And apparently the ground is, like, conductive there. They put a... What? They put, like, two metal rods into the ground, probably about, like, I think it was, like, 30 feet apart or something like that. And they hooked it up to... Like, they hooked one end each up to, like, the car battery and a bolt needle in the middle. And then it actually completed the circuit. And they got, like, 0.3 amps. That's nuts. Yeah, just... Uh, just ground is not supposed to be conductive. In the very first episode, the dude, like... The the one dude who's, like, hired by the government, government to come there and, like, do the experiments and stuff, he, like... Right away, he finds, like, radioactivity, like, on these fucking meters, and he's just sitting there, he's just like, what the heck? Yeah. Dude, like, the ground it's like is- first fucking hour on this motherfucker, and it's just like, there's already, like, he's like, there could be, like, dangerous, like, like levels of microwaves in this thing, and he could yeah. he never, he never, like, saw the, the shit before, and it was basically what they think, I, I haven't watched further onto it, but what their theories were was that all the nuclear testing that they had done like 30 miles prior like, yeah all the wind and everything like that yeah like, blew everything right in. But the weird so thing about why. that was like they would open up 
like that one like uh, grate to like that well there, and they would get like a heavy reading. Burn. But then they wouldn't. Then they would like come back the next day, open it up, nothing, nothing. or even like right after, nothing. Like yeah. it was just like intermittent, which is weird. Because if it is like irradiated dirt, it's yeah, gonna it, stay irradiated. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't just become unirradiated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not how radiation works. It takes time to break down. And they someone actually, threw a rat away down there. Yeah, <laughs> the reason they found out about like the whole ground current thing it was because they were digging holes and they put a tape measure down in the ground and it was repelled like the little <laughs> the little metal tip yeah, yeah it got was pushed just, up well, it got like pushed away from like yeah. the wall of the dirt and they're like well either this dirt's magnetic or there's a current because with current you have a magnetic charge correct yeah that's nuts though the ground is not supposed to be that conductive like yeah. you can get a little bit of electricity into the ground but it doesn't go far well they figured that's why it, you fucking put grounding rods into the ground they figured it out when they got because like they uh they hooked up the circuit, and the guy's, like, he had a lightning detector on his hip and, like, detects, like, static discharge and stuff, and it went off. Like, as soon as they connected, it went boop. <laughs> He's like, he, he is connected to the circuit yeah, through the ground. The, I am part of the circuit <laughs> now. What? And they, they just kept doing it. They would take it off, put it back on, boop. Take it off, put it back on, boop. Every time. Like, it's The only crazy. thing about that show is, like, those guys sketch me, like... Yeah, you do have to take it. It is a TV show, mm-hmm. so it is there for yeah, no, for no. I like okay, like for okay, Curse of Oak Island. That's a Curse good show. of Oak Island, I think, and I guess like it's way more alluring. Like because that be, like, that is actually treasure. like how the fuck did whoever do what the fuck they did there? Yeah. Like that makes that's a lot of fucking crazy shit, and like there's absolutely like not a lot of evidence as to it. So I guess like that is a little bit more. But these guys like. It's very like you can, you can tell that they're like they know it's a TV show. It's like this whole thing is not for the mystery; it's for the drama of it being a TV Correct. show. Like the way that they're like the dialogue and everything. Like right off the bat, like when they save the magnet thing, yeah, from the guy, it was just like, what? I, Why would you keep that from him? It was like the very first episode, and you could tell it was just like, oh, it was just because like you just needed to write some form of fucking drama in there mm-hmm. or some stupid shit but in in like reality it was just like that motherfucker probably knew about that magnet 110% and they just made that whole part up and it was just kind of that's where it lo- that's where shows like that lose me where it's yeah. just like just with like Curse of Oak Island just like keep with it just stick with what you're finding like don't do all like dra- yeah. dramatic weird shit and like I don't know. It was just very. It was just very weird the way. It's like I've been saving this for the right moment. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, there are, there are lots of parts where you're like, well, I mean, some like writer or producer just put this in here just because. Yeah. But they, I don't know. I feel like they do actually do like ex- like. Yeah, I gotta watch it more. Try. Forgive me. I gotta. Because I gotta watch it more. The one they did with the uh, thermal imaging tests, because like uh, the big thing with Skinwalker Ranch is like the portals that open yeah. up. That's like always been a reported thing there, and then they brought a rabbi in. Because, like, there's a whole... They, they explain a bunch of... I don't really remember exactly all of it, but there's a whole thing of, like, with, like, Jewish people and, like, the opening of portals and stuff like that. Like, it's all, like, part of their religion. Yeah. And apparently there's a song, like, or, like, a hymn that the rabbi sings that, like, is meant to, like, be part of, like, a portal opening ceremony. He sings it, like, they get get a loudspeaker, he sings it, and they have this thermal imager at, pointed at the one homestead that has, like, a lot of stuff happen. And, uh... They, they're recording, like, with a thermal imager. Everything has, like, a baseline temperature. Then as he starts, like, starting the thing, you can just see, the like, everything heats up. And then the, there's an area in the middle that just starts, like, it's getting cold, 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 cold. Like, it's probably, like, about 10 degrees colder than the surrounding area. Yo, that rabbi can fucking sing. Well, but then, then they did, they repeated it. 
they uh like after he was gone like a, like a week later or something like that they just broadcast it just like through their speakers once they recorded it and the same thing happened again uh, that's weird it, it's weird like. that's fucking weird <laughs> That's, that's fucking weird. That's what I mean. Like that's like, and yeah, that'd be hard to fake. Like that'd be hard to fake a thermal yeah. imager doing that. Yeah. yeah. See, that's funny as shit because that's almost something that like seems like it's like supernatural, but that's the most interesting part of it because it's actually like something like it's it doesn't. Se- well, you can record it and you can repeat it. Exactly. Like, like so. It's so. It's versus like supernatural. The, yeah. See, like that's the most interesting part of the movie versus like these producers put in all this. Yeah, like, exactly. They put in these extra things that they think that we want to fucking see. It's like no, I just want to fucking see like the real yeah, fucking facts. Just, <laughs> I just want the treasure, damn it. <laughs> and like, not even the treasure. Yeah, I, know. I want the experiments. Yeah, I want I to like. I want to see guy what they have. This property. To get he's like super rich. Like he's a like yeah. He's, he's like, a Utah like real estate developer or something like that. And like. Just, I don't get why he just doesn't keep throwing money at it. They're like, oh, we gotta keep getting bringing these people back to like bring their machines and stuff. Just fucking buy one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Another thing in the first episode, they said no digging too, and it well, was another thing that has reasons. No, it was literally, it was literally all paranormal. Yeah, like the security yeah, that, that is like, but stupid. Yeah. But still, the security driver's just like, nope, we can't do it, and he's just like, then why did you even bring me here? Well, the only like, <laughs> like I'm a fucking guy. He like, almost fucking his, died. Yeah, he had like that big lump in his head, like from fluid like swelling up, and the doctors didn't even notice till his skin was like decoupled from his scalp. Yeah, and there was no re- They had no reason. Fair to, enough. Like there was no still. medical reason well, the, like, that should have happened to him. In the lore of Skinwalker Ranch, there is like a history of like when you dig, bad things happen. That is like I I, I knew about that way before I even watched the show. Correct. Hmm. It's that, very, that, that's like an established lore. Of it's Skinwalker very ranch. taboo to dig on Skinwalker Ranch. The it, it, the ranch does not like it. It seems. Yeah, I, I knew that one before the show too. That is actually an established. This event. government agent went in first day, just like let's, let's thing- dig her up, baby. Yeah, <laughs> let's go digging. They're just like, uh, no. <laughs> Did you in the first season? There's that part where they put like those alpacas, or oh, they were llamas or something. Oh yeah, on the ranch, and they put them in that one like pen that's supposed to be like predator proof. Like yeah. the only way to get in from is the top, and then they had like something attacked. An incident, it, yeah. But the camera didn't catch it. That's of course. the. Well, but that's the one thing with Skinwalker Ranch that, like, they haven't shown on that show is, like, the actual, like, skinwalkers that people would report seeing. And especially when people would dig, they would, like, people would report they would dig, and then, like, that night, they would hear, like, massive gusts coming through and, like, things, like, rattling the door and stuff. They would see, like, beasts walking around. Like, there's the story of the one where, like, there's this huge, like, dog, basically, in, like, the one chicken coop, I think, or a goat, yeah. goat coop or something. And they literally walk up with a shotgun. Oh, no. It was... No, it was a... That was in the first episode, too. It goes up to a calf. Yeah. So even at that, it's like a wolf, like, came up close and tried to pull the calf through the cage. And then... Yeah, yeah. they were just blasting, blasting, blasting. Eventually, like, it didn't... didn't They said it took six shots from a three fifty seven, and then a couple shots from a thirty odd. Well, yeah. Like, apparently, it didn't even flinch at, like, the little gun. The three fifty seven. Yeah, they had to bring out the shotgun for it to even, like, notice it. No, no, it was a three fifty seven and a thirty odd six. So both of them are rifles. Mm-hmm. So both of them are like are rifles that could take down like a, a deer, yeah. a wolf, something like that. So yeah, apparently they came out and shot it, and they very quote unquote say point blank range. They yeah, shoot they this fucking wolf and just, and just with a three fifty seven, hit it six times, and then left. Got another yeah, gun, yeah, came back with the thirty odd six, and shot it a couple more times, and then it ran off, and it didn't even kill it. Yeah. It was just like okay. Huh, shit like that. Okay. Yeah, it's reported all the time. Skinwalker Ranch is a really cool topic. I was say because there's the one family that like left show. and refused to come back. I think the Shermans. I think that's what their name was. 
but they're the ones that put locks everywhere on their cabinets, on their doors, like like even on like the fridge and stuff, because they would say like things would just shake and rattle and like be flying open and stuff like that all the time. See, th- sir, certain things I want to know, like where the fuck did that random ass room in the basement come from? Yeah, what's the like point the of little, that room with like the, the little, little ash offering? pile yeah. of the fucking like the rat or whatever? Yeah, you oh yeah, you keep watching, you'll get there. Um, fuck. It. <laughs> but, I hope uh, the mics caught that. <laughs> I don't. They might have. But the fucking like that room. What the hell's that room for? The yeah. I don't know the thing. The calf or that healthy cow that fucking just died apparently of stress or whatever. Like they got really stressed and then got like pneumonia and then died. Oh, and then in the second season, the cows don't go back over there. Oh yeah, fair enough. Like it, like it, it shows like they have like trackers in the cows, and it shows a heat map of where all the cows were, and that area is just barren. Like the cows never go there. Hmm. <laughs> and so you're like, what the fuck's up with that? Yeah, a cow just fucking draw a perfectly <laughs> like, healthy the cow that they brought a vet in. The vet said, yeah, th- I don't know why this cow died. Like they ha- it shouldn't have died. They have a dr- they have they bring in a drone in the second season that like does like a deep layer like scan. I think up to hundred feet of the ground, and in that area they find like two circles under the ground, like two like perfect. Circles circles like they don't know what it is but there's two like disturbances in the earth there that are perfect circles yeah and perfect circles don't happen in nature <laughs> they don't they they just don't <laughs> and they do like in the first season they do the thing where they like shoot like the rockets up trying to like get yeah like, and then telemetry the data. ufo well they, they repeat that they do that again in the second season they get more rockets they get bigger ones this time and again something shows up see it's things like that where i'm like that's where I'm like, hmm. Yeah, what is it? It, it? Well, that, or is that in there because the producer wants it to be Well, yeah, there? but yeah. even so, that's even if it is fake, it's like, is it fake or is it not? Yeah, that's Like, I want to figure it out. When it comes to, like, TV shows yeah. investigating stuff like this, is you, you need to take some of it with a grain of salt. That's what I mean. That's why I like The Curse of Oak Island. Like, I feel like it just does it for itself. Like... It's not, you're not faking that shit. Like, nobody knows how the fuck or who the fuck did that shit. Like, this one, like, you could say shit. Like, you could mess around with some different stuff. Like, you have to film and, like, show this different shit. Like, Oak Island, as soon as you hear it, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. it's been passed down for fucking generations and generations before there was radio or TV or shit like this. Like, yeah. I don't know. I like, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Speaking of stuff like that, you know. Good show, though. I, I don't like know it. if you. You know how we didn't know how Stonehenge was built? Uh, they finally managed to prove how Stonehenge was built. I just found Stonehenge in Assassin's Creed. Nice. We know how that was built now. Yeah, how? It was just apparently through a really complex system of levees and pulleys. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, shocker. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, wouldn't it be just like them putting like logs on the ground and rolling them? No, nah, I mean, that might be how they get the stones there. But yeah. to lift them... Because aren't they, we uh, were, sorry, I, I might be wrong on this, aren't the rocks at Stonehenge not, like, they're not really from where they're sitting from? Yeah, they're, they're Correct. They're, like, from, like, a couple, like, I, I don't, I want to say, like, 100 miles away, but I feel like that's a lot, but I don't really know. Uh, it's, but they're it's, not it's from that direction. Somewhere else in they were brought there, It's a significant yes. difference. Yeah. Yeah. For a long time, And they're buried underneath, too, right? I don't know about that. Yeah, I honestly don't know. Um, okay. But for the longest time, scientists were like, we have no idea how they could have done this with their their primitive technology yeah they were like we don't and apparently somebody finally proved it that it is possible 
to do it with this system of like levies and pulleys with this many men. Yeah, I mean, you I'm, can do it, I'm under, but it's a bitch. Yeah. Like, I'm under the belief that, like, given enough generations and enough, like, manpower, you could do anything. You really could. For the most like, part. If, if you're yeah. willing to sacrifice a hundred years of your, like, people's lives, you can, you can accomplish anything. Probably. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. No. Well, it's just like we. Were, I know we've talked about like the Vikings that part where like Ragnar sends the things sends the boats up the cliffs, yeah. and then we talked that, that well, the Ottoman Empire did that. I was just about to say, yeah. I was like, you Fucking said that the Ottomans actually over the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> he brought, he, did. he brought war elephants over the Alps to so, attack Rome. So there we go. They're like stuff like of them. stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> they made it. Yeah. Like Eleven of them. <laughs> stuff like that. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, it's not. Right I was down. I was sitting in my history class and my like my jaw just dropped. I was dumbfounded. I'm yeah, like, no, what? yeah, that, that fucking <laughs> happened. Hannibal brought a war elephant. Could you imagine being on the, the gates of Rome and be like, "What the fuck <laughs> is that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I get that, but my real question is, who the fuck thought it'd be a good idea to light pigs on fire and send them at the elephants? Hey man, That's how they countered them. You gotta do what you gotta do. That's how they... Who just... Who thought of that? We have this pig covered in oil. <laughs> like, <laughs> like well I was. get looking out and being like, what the fuck is that? How do we fight it this elephant? It's a more disturbed get individual. Yeah, like, what? We have a pig, we have a jar of oil. And we have a torch. <laughs> How are we gonna counter this elephant? <laughs> well, this is either gonna after the battle. <laughs> <laughs> this is no, either gonna see, be really bad cooking. or really fucking cool. Like, Damn. Who, who thought of that one? <laughs> who cares? They're smart. Fucking no, it. Just stuff like that. Yeah, accompli- you can probably accomplish. But yeah, yeah. Next I mean, to anything. Yeah, you could, if, you, if yeah. you're willing to throw enough men at it, Russia yeah. has proved that time and time again. Yeah. <laughs> You want to go on to our next news story? Yeah. Yeah, we might as well wrap up our first one. So, uh, a woman charged over theft of a Big Bird costume from Sesame Street Circus in Adelaide. Oh, no. Why the Big Bird costume? <laughs> I mean, what well, could we'll have been get easy to, to smuggle? So, uh, a third person has been arrested over the theft of a valuable Big Bird costume that was stolen from the circus in Adelaide earlier this year. Two men, Tesmar Binder, 22, and Cody Maline, 26, have already been, appeared in court and accused of stealing the $160,000 costume. Damn! <laughs> from the Sesame Street Circus uh, Spectacular on Bython Park in April. Police released CCTV images of the woman they suspected of being a previously unknown third suspect involved in the theft. And the, the Big Bird costume was returned a few days after being stolen, along with an apology letter signed by the Big Bird Bandits. <laughs> <laughs> The Big Bird Bandits. The note in the beak of the costume apologized for being, quote, such a big burden. (laughs) (laughs) So many puns. Quote, we had no idea what we were doing and what our actions would cause, the note stated. We were just having a rough time and we were trying to cheer ourselves up. We had a great time with Mr. Bird. He's a great guy and no harm came to our friend. I like how (laughs) we had a great time with him. We were just, we were going through a rough time. You know what? Have fun with the Big Bird. The costume's 213 centimeters tall and is made from ostrich feathers. Oh, that's why it's so expensive. And it was flown in from New York to take part in the show. Yeah, ostrich feathers are kind of expensive. And he stole it. Damn, that's a big costume to fill with fucking ostrich feathers. Like, how many ostriches did they have to pluck to get all those feathers? I mean, I don't think they pluck ostriches. I think I they know. find them when they... I'm sure they find them on the ground. 
but still, like... <laughs> really how find them on them when they fucking die. Yeah. yeah. They just keep them in captivity and make them miserable until they die of young age. I don't know. I've seen some big birds trying to fucking summon Satan around a tree before. I imagine their wings make them rockinoids. I know they don't, but like I like to imagine their wings. <laughs> they have I to. Know they they, I mean, have you seen them shake? Yeah, they've got to make them rockin. You know how intimidating that would be. <laughs> the fucking sound you. of a thousand maracas running at you as the ostrich is fucking charging. Fuck that. Yeah, apparently, like I don't remember if they were emus or cassowaries or what. But some big birds just, at, like, they follow each other. And if they get into a tight enough circle and follow each other, the circle essentially becomes an infinite loop. Because the, the one here is following the one in front of him, who's following the one in front of him, who's following the one there. And they're just following each other, and they're just going around a tree. Mm. There's a video of just, they're just going around a tree. Forever, loving it. Forever, and they are booking it too. Like they're they're not just walking; they're fucking sprinting, like just around this tiny ass tree. The only thing I can think of is those birds are trying to summon Satan. There's no other explanation. Bird Satan, yeah, Bird Satan. Apparently, he resides in that tree. Uh, but you know, well, I mean, birds are drones. So what if these are drones trying to charge up other drones? Mm, that's a valid generate point. like some power going around the circle. Yeah. Maybe that's just what they have to do to charge each other. <laughs> yeah. I have no fucking idea. Yeah, apparently that's a thing, though. They can get stuck in an infinite loop. You know, it's that coding. You know, they need the government needs to bring back in some fucking coders and update those drones. <laughs> They're running on fucking Windows Vista. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, police destroyed 1,069 Bitcoin miners with a big-ass steam ruler in Malaysia. Why? <laughs> they seized them, and they had to get rid of them somehow. Destroy them. They're on the internet. What were they? Bitcoin? What? Miners. Miners. No, it's the actual machines. Oh, okay. not, not the people. They didn't run over a thousand people. With no, the but I meant like I thought you meant like they were trying to get rid of the Bitcoin. Oh no! I'm like that's that's virtual. Just crushing the machine doesn't get rid of the Bitcoin. They can just go to another computer. Will you pull that video up? That's oh, fucking shit. nuts, though. Uh, authorities in the city of Mary in Sarawak, Malaysia. Seized over 1,069 rigs from miners alleged to have stolen electricity from their operations, per report from the local publication The Star. The devices were seized in a joint operation between Mary Police and Sarawak Energy Barad, which I have no idea what a Barad is, but... Barad? It's a country, I think. It was, at one point. <laughs> uh, they, they were estimated to have stolen... Uh, 5.3 million RM, which is their currency, which is an equivalent to 1.25 million USD. Damn. Yeah, one and a quarter mil. Like, of electricity, or? Yeah, worth of electricity to, like, Damn. power all these miners for, like, over, what was it, between February and April. For a month. <laughs> they stole one well, point. Well, I mean, so maybe three months, February, March, April. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, my bad. But they, st over three months... Where the fuck are they? Is that fucking power grid in Texas in the <laughs> middle of a goddamn snowstorm? Six individuals were arrested for electricity theft in the operation and have been fined up to 8,000 RM and jailed for up to eight months. That's it? I would do that in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> eight months for $8,000 when you just got a 1.2? No, no, no. no they, that's how much they were fined. They were fined 8,000 RM. Yeah, that's what I mean. I have no idea what that converts to in USD. But. It, okay, well, regardless... 
how much money did they make off of this scheme? Because I guarantee you yeah. it was a pretty penny. If they had if they had 1.25 million US in electricity fees and they only got fined 8,000, I'm assuming they don't have to pay that electricity. Well, maybe they do. Maybe they slap <laughs> that bill. Right, maybe <laughs> I need to, to maybe pay. I need to rethink my position here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Depends if they get slapped with that bill. So, uh, the rigs were collected over the course of six separate raids, and the energy company estimates that it lost, uh, that, uh, they, over two million USD in energy were stolen from the lines for the mining operation. I See, I want to know how much money they made off of that Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, it depends how many they actually managed to mine. Yeah, because it, it could be profitable. Can we play this video? Oh, yeah, if you want to. What video is this? Is this them crushing it? Yeah. Oh my god, they I Why? That is that is a whole ass steamroller though. Yeah, they, they didn't have them all lined up. They just have them all lined up in a fucking like, Yeah, they they lot. did not skimp out. That is a whole ass steamroller right there. What the it's not even doing that good of a job. Well I to be fair, it's like, that's what, 160 computers or whatever? 1,069. 1,069 computers! I, you know, that's neither probably... Outlet, neither outlet stated why the police felt it was necessary to destroy the machines in such a dramatic fashion. I would. Though it certainly sends a strong message. Yeah. Electricity theft is a persistent issue in norm, numerous regions where Bitcoin is mined. And some operators use legal means to secure cheap electricity necessary to make a big profit in the mining. That's why me and Carson kept saying we should have done it at last part, because we need to pay for electricity. Oh, you should've. Just fucking set up a thousand Bitcoin miners in the... <laughs> Your fucking, fucking landlord comes in, uh, Yeah, fucking guys, the dude that owns the beer store. I have, a mil- I have a million dollar electricity bill. What? <laughs> well, we never even saw the electricity bill. Yeah, I know, but that's so what I mean. So they just went to, like, their yeah, office what or mean. whatever. Your landlord comes in and goes, guys... Why do I have a, th- a million dollar electricity bill? Sorry, uh, we signed a year contract. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much money can you actually make off of Bitcoin mining, though? Well, I mean, Bitcoins are like tens well, of yeah, thousands but, of dollars now. But you, how much? How many Bitcoins do you get? I mean, obviously, the answer is oh, be less you get, than one. Yeah, you go. Oh, you get way less than one. But you get like it, point it burns your fucking GPU and your CPU. It burns your computer up. Like you, you should never use like oh, no, 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 your yeah, actual like, computer for Bitcoin mining. It will kill it. There's actually another story here. The Ukrainian security service busted a crypto mining operation for allegedly stealing electricity in Ukraine, and they had three thousand eight hundred PS4 consoles that were uh, doing the mining. See, that's the th- like how profit because you have to replace those when they break obviously mm-hmm. obviously if you can get the fucking ps4 or if you steal them or if you can somehow acquire them really cheap obviously you can keep it low but like if i just have one computer if i were to go out and buy one computer for i don't know fucking 800 dollars, and i were to mine bitcoin with it would i make up my oh, abso- 800 abso- absolutely plus? not you wouldn't make anywhere close yeah like even people who like just singly do it with their own rigs they join like mining communities where like the effort you put in is like a percentage then for like it's like your whole you have like 100 people in this group right yeah and you each all work at it and you each get a percentage of how much you worked at it to mine this one bitcoin then when the bitcoin is done it goes to like the group account and then it's split up based on percentage of how much you mined See, that's what I get, though. That's what I mean, though. Like, so how is that profitable 
when you're going to kill your rig doing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it, it's not really for the average consumer. But places like this, like, especially when, like, in, like, countries where e-waste is just dumped, they have all these parts. They can just cobble together rigs and just... Okay. For free. It's just in yeah. a big... It's just a fucking big pile that countries like the U.S., countries in Europe just send their electronics to and just fucking dump. All right. All right. See, now I can get it there. That's what I've always been like. How is how is crypto mining like profitable? Unless you unless you steal the electricity, unless you steal the rig or whatever. It's kind of like real mining. Like, <coughs> yeah, you can mine, but you you're pretty much gonna kill yourself yeah, doing you, it. You might find a diamond, but you gotta fucking dig through a hundred. You gotta dig through a thousand yards of dirt. Give yourself like, a fucking terrible diseases. Yeah, yeah. And, Coal miners long and shit like that. Yeah, that's you a, might get rich, but you might die before that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the guy you're working for is gonna get rich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's what I, that was always kind of a thing. I was like, I don't know how this is really profitable. Well, and honestly, unless it's, again, you do the crime. It's more about getting in before the cryptocurrency gets big. Yeah, you got to get in. Like, if you wanted to get in a big Bitcoin, you had to get in a Bitcoin like eight years ago. Yeah, when we were in high school and yeah. I debated about doing it and then didn't. I told my mom too. I was like, "Hey, you should like buy some of these. It's probably gonna go somewhere." Like, yeah, this is kind of like I, I the just way remember things are going. I remember being in biology class and talking about Bitcoin, and we were just like, "Yeah, it's like the first step towards a universal currency," which mm-hmm. I thought was just so cool. I'm like, I would love to be a po- fucking which is gonna happen eventually. Yeah, like, eventually, it's, just, it's, Eve- just it's gonna happen no matter what. With the way global economy is evolving and every nation is becoming more interconnected in terms of hey we need this to like produce electronics you have it we have that like in trading a global currency is going to emerge that kind of goes to what's happening in cuba right now there's a lot of protests and stuff going on in cuba because like think prices are going up and wages aren't like people are losing money but a lot of that has to do with because they had at one point they had three different currencies in cuba yeah and one was for like tourism based one was just for like the regular people and one was uh just like out like foreigner currency and then they got rid of the one for the tourism, and then they had to exchange it at, like, a severe loss. So then people were just fucked. Like, literally just fucked out of their money. Yeah. That they had no, like, they could only be paid in this. And then when you just get rid of that currency, you just fuck them. Yeah. No, like, I don't know. I remember talking about it, and I was like, I wanted to get in, but I was too young. I, I technically wasn't legally allowed to make, like, a, a, a wallet. I could have. I should have. (laughs) But I just never got in. And then fucking here we are, you know, years later. And it's fucking worth how much. I I also, there was a fucking StarCraft tournament back when we were in high school. And, like, first place got 10 Bitcoins. Second place got $500. And, like, third got, like, 125 or something. And there, like, I literally saw comments on that post where people were like, "Who the fuck would want to take first? Yeah. Like, ten bitcoins? That's fucking nothing." And yeah, it did not age well. That post did not age well. <laughs> fucking, could you imagine winning a StarCraft tournament and just coming home with ten bitcoins nowadays? Mm. You come home with like f- so much goddamn money from that. Uh, so this next story is kind of short, but I don't know. I, I liked it. Boy, boy, ding dong ditches girl's home, leaves cheese, leaves cheese. <laughs> I also like where this took place. So, uh, tell me, it's in Wisconsin. Mm-mm. Damn, it's in Massachusetts actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, a resident of this town contacted police uh, 
at 10, 11 p.m., July 8th, when a man later identified as a 15-year-old sandwich boy... Sandwich boy. ...rang their doorbell and attempted to open their front door before fleeing. <laughs> and so, um, this takes place in the town of Sandwich, Massachusetts. Okay. <laughs> and he's a sandwich boy. Nice. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, sandwich is a town in Barnstool County, Massachusetts. It's the oldest town in Cape Cod. I and, go there every other year, so. And their town motto is "Post Tot Neferica Portis," which means "After so many shipwrecks, a haven." <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> their town motto is "After so many shipwrecks, a haven." Wow. But uh. Wow. This boy was located a ways down the road by police, and he mentioned a girl lived there, but he did not expect anybody to be home. And police escorted home to where he. Uh, well, they spoke to his parents, but he had left cheese at the uh, doorstep of the house that he, like, ding-dong ditched. No one knows why. What kind of cheese? I don't know. It doesn't say. Yeah, I, mm. Maybe a good Colby? I don't fucking know. So, like, this 15-year-old boy, he's like, all right, I like this girl. Like, you know, I'm going to go, knock on the door. But he doesn't think anyone's there. So, like, but it said he uh, he attempted to open the door. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird, that's right? Weird. That's weird, right? That's the weird part. And, but, like, he, he tried to open the door, and then he ran away. But he left cheese there. So, like, did the cheese fall out of his pocket? Did he purposely leave the cheese? Who knows? <laughs> maybe she Does likes... Does have a block of cheese in his pocket running yeah. around all day? You maybe, know, like, yeah, know, maybe the know. girl likes cheese. Maybe. Yeah, he, he could be... Mm, I don't know. So that's the story? You know, speaking, yeah, that's the whole story. I liked it. <laughs> speaking of uh, I think it was up town there. names, Kristen showed me a TikTok yesterday about Ohio town names. And I was like, you know, Pennsylvania ones are fucking weirder. I mean, we have so one we were, the intercourse. No, you know what? We, I think I might have found the weirdest town name ever. <laughs> we have a town in Pennsylvania called 84. That's now, the town name. Now, is it just the number or is it spelled out? It's spelled out. Okay. It's spe- See, Kristen laughed at me for saying that, but I was like, at least it's spelled out. Like, <laughs> at least it's not. Or 86. Sorry, it's 86. <laughs> I was like, at least it's not literally eight. Six. It's at least spelled out. <laughs> yeah. Like, but why Pennsylvania? Like, I, all your other town names are hilarious, stupid, like intercourse. I think we have fish kill, but that might be New York. Um, y- you know, all those other, all the ones that are um, impossible to pronounce if you fucking read them right. Uh, yeah, no, 80, 84 or 86. Why? 86, Pennsylvania. Yeah. 86 or you would think it's a fucking highway i mean it is highway and exit but it's also a town (laughs) i was gonna say the news would get really confusing between the weather the fucking interstates the 86 96 today yeah exactly (laughs) with 86 percent humidity some flooding around Interstate 86. Inches are the fucking road. <laughs> the town, no. <laughs> so we have a Florida Man story for our next one. Oh, here we go. Florida, Florida Man tries to throw live gator on the building's roof. That doesn't surprise me, but yeah. why? A Florida man told police officers he was, quote, teaching it a lesson. Teaching it a lesson. <laughs> I'm going to teach this gator here a lesson. Yeet him on the roof. When he tried to throw a live alligator he had stolen from a mini golf course onto the roof of a beachside golf Why does a mini lounge? golf course have alligators? Have Why does the know. gator need to learn a lesson? <laughs> what did At that, he was on the mini golf course. He was apparently is, allowed to be there. This is Florida man, okay? He had, he had every right to be there, apparently. Not according to Florida man. The 32-year-old man was arrested when a Tony Beach Shorts police officer spotted him attempting to throw the gator onto the roof of the cocktail lounge located just off of Highway A1A. 
<laughs> he took the gator from the mini golf course. Yeah, we don't know how far away this mini golf course drove is. Drove it <laughs> to a fucking cocktail bar. The officers then say the man took the alligator by its tail, hit it against the awning of the building, threw it to the ground to stomp on it twice. Aww. That poor gator! Yeah. yeah. Uh, the man from Homestead was taken into custody in charge of the possession and injury of an alligator, unarmed, unarmed burglary of an occupied dwelling, theft, and criminal mischief. Of an occupied <laughs> dwelling! <laughs> I, that, that gator had every right to be there. And then he told the officers that he had stolen it from an enclosure at a nearby mini golf course. I've seen these. Like it's like a mini golf course, right? But they have like this this one spot where there's like a pit of gators. Like it's kind of like sunken down in, you know, so like, they can't like get out and stuff. But they're just like they're leisurely little ones. They're like swimming around and stuff. And you can like pay to like feed them some stuff. I'd, I'd feed gators. Yeah. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'd feed the gators. That sounds fun. Yeah. But why? I what lessons, Gator? What, what did that Gator do to that man that it needs to learn a lesson? I don't like the way he was looking at me. <laughs> Give me a stink. I don't that. think the Gator deserved it. <laughs> Not at all. I always like the video of the guy carrying. Um, and this happened in Florida, obviously. The guy carrying a Gator into a liquor store, and then everybody fucking just runs out. <laughs> he just leisurely, like he's side arming this Gator, like just walks into a fucking liquor store. And you just see people start fucking sprinting out the door. <laughs> I remember they have like you know they have cops and they have like cops for like a lot of different states. I was watching like the Louisiana one, and uh, this dude had stolen a goat from his daughter, and he tied a rope to like its collar and he threw it into the canal, and he was using it as gator bait, just a live goat. And then, like the like the daughter calls the police, like, "Hey, I think my dad stole my goat." And, and then they like row up on him as he chucks it into the water. <laughs> oh no! They're like, sir, pull that goat in. <laughs> sir, you better pull. I that ain't goat doing in it. I right got now. one. I got one more cast. <laughs> got my gator permit right here. The hell? So, uh, a man snuck into a Norfolk farm and had sex with a horse. Okay. <laughs> at 4.30 a.m., uh, a security camera at Turner Hill Equestrian Stables showed a man in the horse stables. The man appeared to use grain as a lure, and one of the horses came out of its pen, according to the Metro West Daily News. The man had allegedly turned off all the stable security cameras minus one, which mm-hmm. caught the act. Minus so one. So he was like, I'll show you I can turn these off, but I want you to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I need recording of this. <laughs> to have someone break into your barn, pick out a horse like it's a lady lover, pull her out, and maneuver yourself in such a manner for self-gratification is beyond me, Hillary Swar, the owner of the farm, told the newspaper, calling the man a sexual predator. Did... He fucked the horse. Yeah, he fucked the horse. Yeah, Boy, the horse fucked him. No, 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 he fucked the horse. No, that'll kill you. Yeah, but, but wouldn't fucking the horse kill you? No. Mm-hmm. You can stick mm-hmm. your dick in whatever you want as long as, as, long as it's yeah, but off. I, but as long dude, as it doesn't kick you. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like as a human being, I don't feel like you have the dominance. That's because you have an actual mind that can think well, through no, 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 this. No, 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 see, he used the grain. He lured out the horse with the grain, put a big old bucket of grain down. When the horse was eating it, he just comes up behind and just... Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, the but horse still, probably doesn't like, even feel it. Yeah, okay, good good point. <laughs> like, good the horse point. was not injured in the Just incident. looks back, he's like, what'd you call that? <laughs> yeah, basically. What are you doing about that? 
Authorities investigated the anim- animal similarly the way they would for a human sexual assault, according to the board. So you imagine giving a horse a rape kit? <laughs> I was literally just, I was like, this all comes forward now in the oh, Discord no. earlier. You were like, could you imagine giving a horse a rape kit? And I was like, I'm not even going to comment on that. <laughs> yeah, no no comment. <laughs> not even going to say anything to that. He was familiar with horses, Norfolk Police Department. Samuel Webb told the newspaper. The way he was able to put on the reins of the horse shows, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> He's done it before. Oh, I mean, like I said about a couple, like I remember what episode it was, but if you got an itch, you're going to scratch it. <laughs> man, I just want to fuck that horse. Yeah, man. If you want to fuck a horse, you're probably going to figure out how to fuck horse horses. prancing over there. So fucking sexy. Like, I won't come up and fuck it. <laughs> uh, Suarez since warned other area horse farms about what happened. <laughs> Just what in case he has friends. Is he not in custody? No, no, they don't know. The man could face charges including sexual contact with the animal and trespassing with the possibility of others, but they don't know who it was. It was on camera. Oh, uh, he must no. like he must have hit his face or something because they don't they don't know who it was. I shut him all off except for the one to my back. You've got to watch. Yeah, I, just, I mean, like he shut off all the cameras except one. Like he knew he wanted them to watch. Yeah, he did. God damn. <laughs> he wanted them to watch. She did. That, that's the only logical explanation there. I, I can I can think of no other logical explanation to that, except for he wanted them to watch. Oh, it's just funny. Or he made a recording of that specific camera, so he could watch it. Yeah, it's my master plan. Yeah. <laughs> my opus magnum. <laughs> Nothing like a little homemade. Like, I, I guess. I don't fucking know. Oh, come on, man. You never thought about just slipping out to the barn real quick? Well, when I worked at KFC, I used to work with this kid, and he, his dad owns, oh, like, dairy no. farms. And he said, like, one time when he went out to the field, there was this old guy that worked for him, probably, like, 4 o'clock in the morning, just fucking a calf. <laughs> what Why? the Why? Yeah. Why? That's what people on these fucking farms do. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry we fucking subject you people to these kind of fucking stories. I mean, he was open about it. <laughs> He was open about it. He wasn't the one fucking the yeah. cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why he was pretty open about it. That's fucking you can ask crazy. Tone about it. He was there when he told us. <laughs> okay. Uh, so apparently there's been a controversy over the new Olymp- like the beds in the Olympic Village. Uh, people say they're made to be anti-sex beds. That's cool. <laughs> why? Well, because, uh, uh, like, the biggest fucking thing in the Olympics is condom sales skyrocket. Oh, not even that. They just give them away. Yeah. Uh, so competitors arriving at the Tokyo Olympics have discovered something unusual about the beds in the athlete's village. They're made of cardboard. Oh, no. Oh, we have a picture if you want to bring it up. And we can They're made it. of cardboard? Are they still comfy? Well, yeah. I mean, they have, like, a mattress on top. And that's what they look like. Oh. Oh, that's cardboard. Yeah. And like that's what I mean, like, to be fair, if there's a fucking mattress, yeah, there's like on a top, mattress like I'll put on top. How but. hard do you have to be fucking to break that cardboard? Well, like, like people like saw like, oh, they're cardboard. Like they must be pretty weak. Uh, someone shared images on social media of the module bed frames, which are made by a Japanese company Airweave, and they're recyclable. We're gonna say it's the first time that the beds at all, at all the games will be made almost entirely of renewable materials. But in the time of the coronavirus, when Olympic organizers worry about transmission, they're trying to discourage close contact as much as possible. And people have suggested that these unusual bed frames are, like, a part of that. To be fair, it could just be 
just bad design. I mean, it, if they're completely recyclable beds, like, it could just be, like, that's a really good concept mm-hmm. for, like, that kind of stuff. It could just be poorly implemented. Uh, Paul Chelmino, an American distance runner, speculated on Twitter that the beds were unable to support more than one person and were, quote, aimed at avoiding intimacy among athletes, and then soon the beds were labeled on social media as anti-sex. But then, uh, Reese McCalligan... A gymnast from Ireland claimed, uh, called the claim, quote, fake news. In a video he posted on Twitter showed him jumping on the beds to demonstrate that could withstand vigorous activities. And then the official Olympic Twitter account even reposted that, saying, thanks for debunking the myth. Uh, we have that one if you want to play it. In today's episode of Fake News at the Olympic Games, the beds are meant to be anti-sex. They're made out of cardboard, yes, but apparently they're meant to break at any sudden movements. It's fake. Fake news. To, yeah, he's fucking yeah, so, jumping yeah, on it, too. Like, full on just jumps up and downs on it. And, and he's got to have some you know weight. What I, you know what, though? Hmm. You don't see anything right here. I'm a little skeptical. He has this too perfectly covering up the bottom of the bed. <laughs> what you got under there, my guy? You got a couple extra pillows under there? Making it a little fucking extra? The bed's already broken. It's just sitting on the <laughs> floor. It's, it's just, just on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the plan for the 18,000 bed and mattresses, 8,000 will also be used for the Paralympics starting next month, uh, was announced before the pandemic started, and social distancing restrictions were put in the first place, So there's, and they're sturdier than they look. Uh, card, quote, cardboard beds are actually stronger than the one made of wood or steel, the company says, Airweave. Uh, the modular mattresses are customizable to suit athletes of all body types, and the beds can sustain up to 440 pounds. Even the... Uh, to Enough be for fair, even the most Olympians. depending on what what uh, event you're doing, 440 pounds probably isn't enough for two people. I mean, yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, if you're like in the fucking weightlifting events, yeah, where, like your fucking beefcake kind of deal, put two of them on that bed. They're that's gonna fuck. That's way over 440. Well, I was seeing posts like on the However, comments of this. Him jumping on that bed, that's gotta be over 440 pounds of force. Yeah, because like he, you can tell he kicks the bed, and as you can he, like it's right obviously for like a static weight, not yeah. like an impact. But uh, I saw a comment that was, I thought was hilarious. It was like, they're Olympic-level athletes. You don't think they can fuck, like, standing up or wherever they need to? Yeah. Like, you don't, they don't need a bed. <laughs> yeah. You don't think they can fuck standing up? <laughs> uh, Olympic officials still prefer that the athletes sleep alone while in Tokyo and stay away from each other everywhere else as well. A playbook outlining safety measures advises Olympic participants to, quote, avoid unnecessary forms of physical contact, such as hugs, high-fives, and handshakes. No, no, no. no you like gotta the give authentic somebody. Olympics. We're fucking everyone. You gotta fucking give somebody a high-five. We're oil it up. To further disrouse, discourage carousing, alcohol sales will be banned. What? And condoms, which have been distribu- distributed at the Olympics since the Seoul Games in 1988, will be provided to... In- Will still be provided to encourage safe sex, but only about one third as many as the record four thousand five hundred handed out in the Rio Games in twenty sixteen. Yeah, listen, alcohol out or not selling alcohol is just gonna make them bored. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna make them want to fuck more. Olympic Olympic officials have made it clear though that they are intended for athletes to use only once they're back in their home countries. <laughs> like, you can have these, but they're a souvenir. Yeah, you gotta take these home, and then you can fuck somebody. 
The restrictions reflect widespread concerns about the coronavirus as the Olympics get underway, especially with the highly contagious Delta variant fueling outbreaks around Asia. A strict testing regime has been turned up dozens of positive results this month as more than 18,000 people have arrived in Tokyo for the Games. Over the weekend, officials confirmed the first three cases inside Athletes Village, including one organizer and two competitors. Some athletes have pulled out of the Games over safety fears, while others, like the teenage American tennis star Coco Goff, have withdrawn after testing positive. Damn. Uh, like, oh, I was reading this article, two-thirds of Japanese people don't even want the Games to be held. Yeah. No. Most... Like, Japan's had a really hard time getting vaccines. They haven't had a lot of spread because everyone in Japan's always, like, always wearing masks already and stuff like that, so yeah. it didn't spread very far. But they just have... They just don't have access to vaccines, really. Yeah, no, Japan's had a really tough time with the virus. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, most actual people don't want the games held. Very few people do. I... I don't. I can't blame them. Like, if you're having that hard of a time with COVID, I wouldn't want the fucking Olympic Games coming in. Yeah, yeah, for real. I get it. I'd be like, send it to a country that fucking has a way better. Or just control. chill. Yeah. Or send. just chill. Like yeah, the Olympics. I mean, like, it, it's a global pandemic. If you don't have the games one time, like. It's or just fun. have like, or just like, why can't you? Why can't you be like, okay, we'll come back to Japan next Olympics. Why can't another country host yeah, yeah. it? I think. Well, only, like, I'm just saying is like even just to like break from the fact of like any country. Yeah. Like yeah the like, next country that you do it to, or just any person being like, oh well, we don't even want to send our people to another yeah, country no, where they I, could I get, get infected. Too, it's like maybe they could just we, we just could do just, it within your country. Yeah. All your fucking Olympians just compete against each other in their own country. Yeah. Why not? Like we can fucking broadcast it. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'd but I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd I'd still watch fucking. Olympic events if it's only Americans competing. That'd I mean, you could cool. probably like what, well, like the world could fucking broadcast them. Yeah, you could watch them all if you wanted to. Yeah, I'm, that'd be cool. I'm excited for the Olympics though. The Olympics are cool. I like them. Yeah, I always like watching the Olympics. Yeah, they're fun. I was like, you know, the only time I ever watch hockey is when it's in the Olympics. <laughs> it's just always cool because there's always like some young ass kids that are like always like doing really good in the Olympics every few years. It's just sweet yeah. to see like some like fucking like. They can't make they can't be pros and they can't make money because they'll ruin like their college status or whatever. So they want to get their education. But the Olympics, <laughs> you can go there and whoop up on some pros and be like, ha ha, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, I mean like these these are the best athletes in the world. Like that's that's the point, right? Yeah. And like yeah. there's so many different uh, like events too, which is nice. Like ones you don't see often. Yeah. Now I, I watch the Canadian team in hockey. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> what's the fuck? What's that one? Is it curling? Where they sweep the thing. Yeah, dude. Curling's yeah, like the fucking one. And they like sweep the ice in front of it to yeah. make like a channel for it to go in. Yeah. Yeah. No, curling's actually really fun to watch. Remarkable. Yeah, I do too. I like curling. Yeah, it's dude. It's so <laughs> fucking like just, and just like watching the different like and then it how they push off slide, and like they dude. just like hold it out and then just like let it go at yeah. the one like yeah. right time and, and they just try to get it to go. And it's they so slide funny. it into another fucking stone and you just hear the as it fucking knocks the other one out it's and just so tries like, to keep yeah it's cool everyone is just so fucking concentrated on their jobs and fucking it's hyper so, focus it's yeah. so fun I mean you I spent like the it. last four years of your life training for this fucking and moment. there's that also that one it's kind of like it but it's like it's on regular ground and they do it with balls they like roll balls and it's like the same thing they have I've to try to like do that I don't know if it's like a form of bocce I don't know 
I've just seen it before where like these dudes like they roll like these tiny little balls and they just it's the same concept as like curling though. I don't know, you can do it with a hockey puck. That's called a shuffleboard. Yeah. <laughs> That's old people. No. It was definitely with balls and it was the same because it was cool because they were like spinning them and like getting them to like curve in and like bump <laughs> other ones out and it was like That's cool. Yeah. These motherfuckers are nuts. <laughs> No, I've never seen that one, but that's pretty cool. Well, that was my last news story if we want to go on to our main topic today. Oh, yeah. The Kenneth Arnold UFO sighting. The what? Kenneth Arnold. That's the guy's name. Kenneth his name Arnold. Is Kenneth. Yeah, Kenneth Sorry. Arnold. Kenneth Arnold UFO sighting. It always UFO seems to be a sighting. Kenneth. You said 1947? Mm-hmm. The Kenneth Arnold UFO sighting occurred on June 24th of 1947. When a private pilot, Kenneth Arnold, claimed that he saw a string of nine shiny, unidentified flying objects flying past Mount Rainer at speeds that Arnold estimated at a minimum of 1,200 miles an hour. Damn. Jesus. They're fucking hauling ass. At 1947. Well, he actually, he believes they were going 1,700, but uh, he's giving a safe estimate of 1,200. Yeah. He said, at a minimum. Yeah. They're doing this. How do you make that guess? Well, he was, like, comparing how fast he was going and, like, how fast speeds are. And, like, he knew the distance between the two points they were traveling between. Because they were traveling from... He was he was flying by Mount Rainer, and there was another mountain in the distance that he knows, like, the approximate distance between the two mountains. And he, like, would he recorded how fast they went from the one to the other. Hmm. Yeah. Pilots are really fucking good at that kind of stuff, of judging distances and whatnot. Especially if you've flown in that area for a long time. You can you can tell how fast planes are about flying. Fair enough. This was the first post World War II sighting in the United States that garnered nationwide national yeah, nationwide news coverage and is credited with being the first of the modern era of UFO sightings, including numerous reporting sightings over the next two to three weeks. Arnold's description of the dogs also led to the press to quickly coining the terms flying saucer and flying disc. So that that's where we get like those terms yeah. from is from this sighting. Hmm. Those, I would say those terms have been around for a long time. Uh, so, on June 24th, 1947, Arnold was flying from Chehalis, Washington, to Yakima, Washington, in a Cali Air 2 on a business trip, which is just a small two to three single engine plane. Uh, he made a brief detour after learning of a $5,000 reward, equivalent to $58,000 today, Jeez. for the discovery of a U.S. Marine Corps C-46 transport airplane that had crashed near Mount Rainer. The skies were completely were completely clear, and there was a mild wind. A few minutes before 3 p.m., at about 9,200 feet in altitude, near Mineral, Washington, he gave up his search and started heading eastward towards Yakima. He saw a bright, flashing light similar to sunlight reflecting from a mirror. After, afraid he might be dangerously close to another aircraft, he scanned the skies around him, but all he could see was a DC-4, which is a four-engine propeller-driven airplane, to his left and behind him about 15 miles away. About 30 seconds after seeing the first flash of light, Arnold saw a series of bright flashes in the distance off to his left, uh, or north of Mount Rainer, which was then from 20 to 25 miles away. He thought, the, he thought they might be reflections on his airplane's windows, but a quick test, rocking his airplane from side to side, removing his eyeglasses, and then later like rolling down his window in the plane, rolled all these out. The reflections came from flying objects. They flew in a long chain, and Arnold for a moment considered they might be a flock of geese, but quickly ruled this out for a number of reasons, including their altitude, bright glint, and obviously very fast speed. 
No goose is flying that fast or high. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen some pretty fucking fast geese. I mean, they're tenacious. I'll give them that, but they're not only going up that high. Uh, he how, then, did, how did the other craft not see this? Well, that's actually something interesting because that craft claims they didn't see anything. Yeah, that's what I mean. But it, they're, I mean, depending on where in relation to him they are like if the craft is over here on this side of him and the other ufos are on the complete opposite side of him that's 35 miles of distance well or say you you said he the other craft is about 15 miles miles away from him yeah and they were to his like back into his left yeah and they were like 15 to 20 Mm -hmm. away from him so that'd be maximum 35 miles which i don't know how many miles in the air or how many miles you can see while in the air but, you know, because the Earth is round, you there is a, only so much of it you can see at any given altitude. 35 miles might surpass that. Uh, he, uh... Oh, actually, later on we'll get to uh, people who, like, can corroborate his story. Like, people who also saw this thing at, like, the same time, but, like, from different perspectives. Yeah. So, But, like, out of all these people that came forth, like, that plane said that they never saw anything so like who knows uh yeah i just feel like if they're that close so but again who knows I, i've never I've never been up in a plane i don't know how far you can see uh these lights quickly approached rainer and then passed in front usually appearing dark in profile against the bright and white snow covered uh rainier which is the mountain but occasionally still giving off bright light flashes and they flipped around erratically Sometimes he said he could see from on edge when they seemed so thin and flat that they were practically invisible. Arnold described them as a series of objects with convex shapes, though he later revealed that only one object differed by being crescent-shaped. Several years later, Arnold would say he linked, likened their movement to saucers skipping on water, without comparing the actual shapes to saucers. But initial quotes from him do indeed have him comparing the shape to saucer, disc, pie pan, or half moon. So basically, yeah. the typical flying saucer. You, yeah. Uh, using a Dizus, I don't know how to say that word, cowling fast, it's just a company, yeah. uh, which is basically just like a little bolt, uh, as a gauge to compare the nine objects to the distant DC-4. So, like, he took this gauge and, like, held it up to the airplane behind him that he knows, like, a relative size to, and then he would hold it up to, uh... The saucer. Like, like the objects that he would see. Uh, he compared the nine objects to the distant DC-4. He estimated their angular size was slightly smaller than the DC-4, about the width between the outer engines, so 60 feet. Uh, he also said he realized that the object would have been quite large to see any details of that distance, and later, after comparing notes with the United Airlines crew that had similar sightings 10 days later, placed the absolute size larger than a DC-4 airline, or greater than 100 feet. Hmm. So, like, each of these, like, nine craft is 100 feet yeah, that's Wide. big. Yeah. That's a big fucking craft. Uh, Army Air Force analysts would later estimate 140 to 280 feet be based on analysis of human visual acuity and other sighting details. So, like, once the Army eventually heard about this, they, like, put their scientists to it and, like, well, based on, like, how far away you would have been, like, how well a human eye can see, they came up with an estimate of 140 to 280 feet in length. Dang. It just yeah. keeps getting bigger. Yeah, so these are some big crafts. Uh, Arnold said the objects were grouped together in, quote, an, a diagonally stepped-down echelon formation, stretched out over a distance that he later calculated to be five miles. So, like, they're stepped down and behind the other one. Okay. Just, like, in a big, long line. 
that stretches over five miles. It's the AT&T bars, except split. <laughs> Though they were moving on more or less a horizontal plane, Arnold said the objects weaved from side to side, like the tail of a Chinese kite, as he later stated. Darting through the valleys and around smaller mountain peaks, they would occasionally flip or bank on their edges in unison as they turned or maneuvered, causing almost blindingly bright or mirror-like flashes of light. The encounter gave him a, quote, eerie feeling. He suspected he had seen test flights of new U.S. military aircraft. So that's what was going through his head as he well, seen yeah, you're, stuff. you're fresh out of World War II. Um, I mean, that's what you would expect. Mm-hmm. Like, these are new aircraft that our military's trying to hide. I mean, this he this guy was never. I don't think he was actually in the war. But well, yeah, but still, mm-hmm. everybody has that war mentality. Yeah, it, like especially this is two years after the war. Ended. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's still fresh in everybody's mind. It's like, oh shit, not another one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as the objects pounced past Mount Rainier, Arnold turned his plane southward on a more or less parallel course. It was at this point he opened his side window and began observing the objects unobstructed by any glass that might have produced reflections. So he's full on just viewing these with his naked eye right now. Uh, the objects did not disappear and continued to move rapidly southward, continuously moving forward on his position. Curious about their speed, he began to time their rate of passage. He said they moved from Mount Rainer to Mount Adams, where they faded from view, a distance of about 50 miles, in 1 minute and 42 seconds. According to the clock on his instrument panel, when he later had time to do the calculation, the speed was over 1,700 miles per hour. This was about three times faster than any manned aircraft in 1947. Like, even, like, classified ones that, like, the populace didn't know about. Yeah. Nothing hmm. coming to close. Not knowing exactly the distance where the objects faded from view, he conservatively and arbitrarily rounded this number down to 1,200 miles an hour, still faster than any known aircraft, which had yet to... when we had yet to break the sound barrier then. Yeah. Uh, he landed in Yakima at about 4 p.m. and quickly told friend and airport general manager Al Baxter the amazing story, and before long, the entire airport staff knew of Arnold's claims. He discussed the story with the staff and later wrote that Baxter didn't believe him. Uh, that's when he flew onto an air show in Pendleton, and not knowing that someone in Yakima had phoned ahead to say that he had seen some strange new aircraft. And it was at that time that he studied his maps and determined the distance between Mount Rainier and Mount Adams and calculated the rather astonishing speed. He told a number of pilot friends who wrote in his account to AAF, AAF Intelligence that they did not scoff or laugh, instead that suggested that he might have seen guided missiles or something new although he felt this explanation to be inadequate. He also wrote that some former army pilots told him that they had been briefed before going into combat that, quote, they might see objects in similar shape and design, as I described, and assured me that I wasn't dreaming or going crazy. So these army pilots are saying, basically, before they went into war, they were saying, like, hey, you might see some shit over there. Yeah. Which, I mean, it still happens today. Like, people, like we still tell our pilots and, like, Navy men that. I mean, like, these are the people who have the most sightings of UFOs and stuff. Oh, yeah, because they're in that area. Like, that's, they're up there with them or on the, on the seas. Like, Yeah. Dude, it would be fucking... It's a whole other world up there. Yeah. No matter what you believe in. Mm-hmm. Like, just taking off from that fucking... The same thing as, like, kind of like my fear of the ocean, too. It's like, yo, it's like, you gotta... There's a whole fucking whole list of new rules yeah. when you're fucking down there or up there, man. Like... That reminds me of what. um, Like, if we just. Could you imagine just being in a plane? Like, you've gone through all this training. You're a pilot in the fucking Air Force or some shit like that. And then you're just up there. And then something goes on that you don't know what the fuck's going on. You're in the most advanced jet on the planet. And And something just flies past you. Yeah, like, out out maneuvers you, turns on a dime, and speeds away. Like, it's just in and out of sight. Like, you don't know where the fuck it's going. Yeah, it's like. 
fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was the top dog up here. Yeah, man. I'm fucking like, in this bicycle. That dude's got a fucking Ferrari. Yeah. That does remind me of Insane. Uh, a fucking topic I'm working on, though. Is, uh, I'll, I'll trigger Bud's thassalophobia. Don't worry. Uh-oh. <laughs> what is it? Well, the history. I'm gonna go with the history of the Marianas Trench. Ah, uh, I have watched videos on that, so I'm gonna like it. But yeah, I'm def- there's gonna be times where I'm gonna be like, Ugh. I'm just saying, deep sea gigantism is fucking awesome and so interesting, dude. That shit creeps me out. Yeah, well, there's things down there that are can micro- stay there. Literally, no, no, no. They're up here, uh, amoebas. You know, things you can fucking see in biology class in a microscope. Ten centimeters down there. That's not good. Ten centimeter amoebas. Fucking what? <laughs> he says fucking what? <laughs> they're microscopic. We need a fucking No, they're micro- not. They're ten centimeters. Exactly. I can see ten centimeters. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Like, deep sea gigantism is fucking nuts. You don't want to see that thing, bro. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, you don't want to see that up close. That's why I like swimming in pools. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Like, cause there's not just some animal. Like, even like if it's not gonna hurt me, like I'm still not trying to like swim around with like some random shit in the ocean. You, know? you just yeah. go downstairs, get in the pool. You're sitting there for a couple hours. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, shark just pops up. You're like, oh shit! Like, what if it's like just a random, all of a sudden like there's just like a school of twenty fish just in the pool? Like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, why are these fish in this pool? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Fucking portal. You know. Uh. So going back to Arnold, he wasn't interviewed by reporters until the next day on June 25th, and when he went to the office of East Oregonian in Pendleton, any skepticism the reporters might have had evaporated when they interviewed him at length. As historian Mike Dash records, Arnold had the markings of a reliable witness. He was a respected businessman and experienced pilot, and seemed neither exaggerating what he had seen nor adding sensational details to his report. He also gave the impression of being a careful observer. These details impressed the newspapermen who interviewed him and lent credibility to his report. Arnold would soon complain about the effects of his publicity on his life. On June 20... Oh, yeah. People tend to fucking ridicule other people when they say they've seen a UFO. Especially... Well, you especially. crazy bastard! Not, not even that. Just, like, the press just hounding him and stuff. Uh, like, he's just like, just leave me alone, guys. Like, God, give me, like, some breath. Like... Yeah, well, especially back then. Yeah. Like... I don't know. People fucking... On June 27th, he was reported saying, I haven't had a moment of peace since I first told the story. He was then said, he then said a preacher had called him and told him the objects he saw were, quote, heartbringers of doomsday. <laughs> and, and that the preacher was preparing his congregation, quote, for the end of the world. Could you imagine? Oh my God, getting you saw the call. nine princes of hell. Yeah. Could you imagine getting a fucking call? From a goddamn preacher. Yeah, saying that the fucking nine princes of hell was what you saw. Why? Why does the preacher feel the need to call me and tell me that? What are you talking about? They always feel the need. Thank you so much for giving us a warning of the apocalypse coming. I've been telling my congregants we're all ready. When Jesus comes... Donations have come have tripled since you've been telling this story. Yeah, why does the priest feel the need to tell me that? Okay. Like, just tell your congregation that. I don't fucking want to hear it. In another encounter, a woman in Pendleton Cafe noticed him and dashed out, shrieking, There's a man who saw the man from Mars! (laughs) (laughs) She ran out, quote, sobbing she would have to do something for the children. What? What? Yeah, she ran out sobbing, saying she would have to do something for the children. What does that even have to... How do those correlate? And Arnold was reported of saying she ran out with a shudder. 
1947. I know, but I just, that one doesn't that one doesn't track. People were weird back then. People are weird now. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna have to do something for the children. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Exactly. He then added that quote: "This whole thing has gotten out of hand. I want to talk to the FBI or someone." <laughs> Half of the people look at me like a combination of Einstein, Flash Gordon, and a screwball. Flash Gordon. <laughs> Flash. I wonder Savior what my, of the universe. I wonder what my wife back in Idaho thinks. Wait, where is he at? Or he's in Washington. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in Idaho. wife's back in Idaho. Yeah. Jesus. On July 7th, 1947, two stories came out where Arnold again was raising the topic of possible extraterrestrial origins. Both as his opinion and those who had written to him. In the Associated Press story, Arnold said that he had received quantities of fan mail equal to help solve the mystery, none of it calling him, quote, a screwball. <laughs> like the earlier Doomsday preacher Arnold spoke to, many of the writers placed a religious interpretation on his sighting. The others, he said, quote, suggested the disc were visitations from another planet. Arnold had added that he had purchased a movie camera, which he would now take with him on every flight, hoping to obtain photographic proof of what he had seen. I really like this guy. Like, he's like... He's not freaking out, you know. Yeah. When he sees these things, he's like, you know what? I'm going to take measurements. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to buy a video camera. Yeah. 1947, when it's fucking probably, like, crank operated. Yeah. I, it's logical, though. That's I feel like that also adds to his credibility mm-hmm. of the sense of, like, he's not... Yeah, that's what he's the not reporters nuts. were saying. Like, like he's like a well-spoken man. Like he's like he's smart. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like you said, he's like he's up there. He didn't panic. Yeah, he's like he thought of logical things. Like, okay, I don't know what's going on, so I'm gonna take measurements. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna scientifically assess this situation. Try to see what I'm dealing with. Like, yeah, type shit. So and yeah, then, it's really cool. Yeah, and then later he's like, okay, well, it happened once. Maybe it'll happen again. I'm gonna take a camera. Like, that's just logical, you know. In another story, Arnold was interviewed by the Chicago Times. Uh, Kenneth Lewis Arnold is not so certain that these strange contraptions are made on this planet. Arnold said he hoped the devices were really the work of the U.S. Army, but he told the Times in a phone conversation, quote, If our government knows anything about these devices, the people should be told at once. A lot of people out here are very much disturbed. Some think, some think these things may be from another planet. They aren't harming anyone, and I think it would be wrong thing to shoot them down, even if it can be done. Their high speed would completely wreck them. Yeah, to be fair, how fast does a bullet travel? <laughs> Pull up. I, I, I'm actually curious. Depends on the bullet. That's true. Oh, yeah, okay, I guess average bullet. Arnold. I don't fucking know. Like, what kind of gun are you talking about? We're gonna we're, we're googling. You a just rifle do the thing. No, an, an anti-aerial round. Yeah, that's what you need to look up. Anti-aerial. Well, yeah, so we're, I mean, if they're trying to shoot down a UFO, that's what they're gonna need. You're not gonna shoot a pistol at it, like. I thought he was just comparing the speed okay, of the well, thing to a bullet. According to Google, the, um, most supersonic missiles travel between um, Mach 2 and Mach 3, which is up to 2,300 miles per hour. That's modern day. Hmm. I'm assuming back in 1947 they were probably slower. And if this guy's upper estimate... Yeah, there weren't missiles in 1947. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> so if this guy's upper estimate is correct, they might just be able to outrun whatever you shoot at them. Yeah. Not even necessarily if they get hit, they don't take damage. They literally just might not be able to hit them. <laughs> Arnold, in pointing to the possibility of these discs being from another world, said, Regardless of their origin, they apparently were traveling to some reachable destination. 
Whoever controlled them, he said, obviously wasn't trying to hurt anyone. He said deaths were making turns so abruptly and rounding peaks that it would have been impossible for a human to pilot inside and have survived the pressure. So he too thinks they were controlled from somewhere else, regardless of whether it's from Mars, Venus, or our own planet. Why do people think there's life on Venus? That's where uh, Valiant Thor comes from. That's... Venus doesn't have life. Valiant Thor <laughs> is a big part of the like majestic twelve like mythos. Wait, wait, what are you? Wait, Venus doesn't have life. What are you talking about? Valiant Thor. Valley. Of Val- Thor? Valiant. Valiant yeah. of Thor. That's this alien's name. No, Valiant Thor. That's his oh. Name. And he apparently he he like had like purple skin, but he would wear a suit, so it looked kind of normal. It's kind of like, like, he would wear like a skin tight suit like under his clothes so it would look kind of normal valiant thor i've never even heard of it i haven't yeah, he's he's like a big part of like the the uh majestic 12 mythos which is more than 12 they just the 12 is there to throw you off oh yeah just, oh. and actually some people think the majestic 12 isn't even all 12 alien races is <laughs> actually a council on earth that's like trying to cover everything up from the human people oh my god no no fucking there's no life on venus it's a fucking Venus is uh actually there is they they have seen some sick like some uh gases that could be evident for like microbial life but okay I was gonna say you were literally just talking about how in the Mariana Trench there's like 10 centimeter it amoebas. doesn't fucking work like that <laughs> you know you have no idea what it works like on Venus but no there's life as we know it isn't on Venus yeah like there's no like fucking muskrats running around on Venus that's yeah. for sure it's, it's that's what I mean when I say life I don't necessarily mean bacterial bacterial life isn't gonna fucking pilot a UFO isn't yeah. it just weird that there's just planets like that there's life on asteroids we've found bacteria on asteroids no but I mean like, no I'm saying there's just like planets that there's just nothing on there's just gases and just like, like Jupiter, Jupiter. <laughs> yeah, it's, just Pluto, it's just fucking a big ice ball I know it's just crazy yeah but there is status. a chance for there there is a chance for there to be life on um, planets like uh, Uranus you know like under the seas under the sea yeah and we stuff. have no way to fucking tell we, yeah we can't tell obviously <laughs> what do you think thick. the surface of jupiter looks like brad i don't look that far into planets oh uh, well y- you would be disappointed i thought it was a gas giant so it doesn't really have one its surface is liquid hydrogen that sounds awful it sounds terrifying <laughs> liquid hydrogen yeah it there's so much pressure on venus oh my god that it, it it has a surface. It's oceans. It's not water. <laughs> what? It's awful. terrifying sounding. The, see, I guess that's just what, like, as we're sitting here, that's there. Yeah, that, that's That's just there happening, and it's real, and it's just, yeah. like, so fucking weird to me. Well, no, it, it was following there. a police officer. That's been there for longer than humans have fucking existed. Well, Correct. yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> it also kind of acts as a guardian to Earth, too. It's kind Do of we know how old the shots? planets are? Yeah, meteors, yeah. Um, I think we have an estimate. Oh, I, I didn't finish the video, but I was watching, um, before I left to come here, I was watching a video. We found a rock in the Sahara Desert that is older than the Earth. Hmm. That's interesting. We think it's part of a proto-planet. <coughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to going home and watching the rest of that video. I mean, there's, like, widely accepted Yeah, can you theory. send that in the Discord? Yeah. I want to watch that. That's yeah. kind of cool. I mean, there's, like, the widely accepted theory that, like, the moon was, like, another planet that came in, like, hit yeah. the US, and then, like, and a then chunk it, came yeah. off and formed the moon. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just watched a video on that, actually, <laughs> and it's hilarious. The fucking hoops... They, they think the planet that hit us was called Theia. This is a theory, okay? Well, you can call it whatever you want. No, 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 no. They think it was a fully formed, life-form-inhabited planet oh, that hit us. That's cool. 
called Thea, and they think that's where life on Earth came from. They couldn't stop it. They they think it it got ejected or something with full life forms, forests, water, everything. And when it hit the Earth, it transferred. Yo, can you imagine Earth flung off from the sun? Yeah. Well, uh, we can't find evidence of this literally anywhere. Pretty I mean, much. How are you gonna? Well, it's interesting because. Do when, planets do that? It, do they just merge oh, yeah, if they, well, they collide? It depends. Well, our, our it galaxy depends. is actually headed towards the Andromeda galaxy, and like eventually, they'll mil- merge. Yeah, millions and millions of years from now, they're gonna hit each other, and planets and like things are just gonna fucking. Yeah, no, but, yeah, like everything. But just it, no, be but it chaos. will. I mean, there's, there's a lot of space in between things, but some things will hit. Some things yeah. will hit, and, and it will merge though. It will form well, yeah, the like, Andromeda Milky Galaxy. The gravity from them will like fling planets out. It'll like yeah. create a whole new system there. Yeah, yeah. yeah so shit's gonna get crazy. Yeah, shit's gonna get crazy. If we're not out of this galaxy, it's probably game over. But I mean, that's trillions of years. Yeah, trillion, um, literally trillions. I believe probably. so. Yeah, a long time. Maybe billions. I mean, but it's space is just so vast, infinitely big. Like I know, it's just to get the difference between like if it would be million. Like, could you imagine if you were coming up close to that? Yeah, could you imagine if it's like Event? In two days? Yeah, like. Fuck oh no no that. no! You would you would be able to tell for like millions of years before because they would you'll just see get, them. It would get bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger. But that's sky. what I'm saying. Like, are we going to be able to start seeing this shit? But I mean, oh, no, we no, won't. No, no. You said millions of years, so is it millions or trillions? Well, I mean, but like, okay, sorry, it's not trillions, it's billions. But in millions of years, you'll be able to <laughs> see go. it get approach us, and like, <sighs> like as time, like I mean, whole generations will probably go by without any of it changing at all. You know, dude. That's insane. It was such like oh, it's so in about four point three billion years, the two star groups will swoop past each other, and then in about six billion years, they'll actually collide. After in that. four billion years, we'll do a little like, hey, how you doing? And we'll probably get caught in each other's gravity. We'll get a little fucked spinning, up at the party and, and come back and be like, hey, bitch, yeah, I fuck with you. And then we'll start spinning around each other, and eventually we'll. Wonder what's in the Andromeda fucking galaxy. Wonder what we're in for there. More fucking stars and gas, bro. Huh? More just fucking stars, gas, and rock. Yeah, but there's got to be something that lives there. Yeah, probably. Oh, um, but speaking about Thea, the only proof... Scientists... There's a big, long list of proof they go through, and they literally everywhere they look where there should be evidence, there isn't. So they got... Some grad student um, came up with a theory of... What if Thea didn't actually break off from the Earth when it collided? What if the Earth literally absorbed it in its core? Like, the crust got a... Because the Earth was molten. I feel like I've seen this. The Earth was molten at this point. Because otherwise, the collision would have just practically destroyed both planets. So, he started looking underground. And using some technology, he found that around the Earth's core, there's almost two headphones around the core there are two very large objects sitting near our core that basically surround it that could be the crust of another planet it's kind of cool that other planet could be thea however modern technology does not exist to the point where we can even i feel like i've read look at what those are i think i've seen videos on that too that's why i asked that question about like do they do 
I didn't know if it was really like real or if it's kind of like just skeptical, like fake type thing. I mean, I about think, when they think that like when moons and and planets collide like that, that they ended up they do that. Like well, since they're such big entities in the gravitational pull, yeah. they end up like they do collide, but it's not like a big I mean, explosion stars, and then nothing's there. I mean, it's like they usually the well, yeah, not, but not it's also that. not like, like they, to- they 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 just interconnect just like what you're saying and they just absorb each other yeah stars will go stars will go into like binary formations where like one just steals the energy off the other and just grows and grows and grows the other one just fucking goes out correct um but again it depends on what stage of its life that planet's at because at the time something hit the earth because i i think that's the widely accepted theory i could be wrong that the moon was created when something hit the earth and maybe not theia theia is the conspiracy theory of you know that's how life got put here so something hits the Earth. It's molten. If the Earth were hard at that time, I think the Earth would have just shattered. So but they think the moon molten, is a part of Theia too. What? So they thought they think that the moon is a part of Theia too. At first, I think they thought the moon was Theia, but then we found out that scientific studies of the rocks on the moon, the composition is basically Earth. So they kind of had to rewrite that theory. And that's when they keep going down this whole list of proof of like, oh, if we look here, we should see Thea. Mm, nope, no Thea. Oh, here? No. Mm, okay. What about in the Earth's core? <laughs> hmm. But no, um, maybe I'll do a podcast on that. I watched a video on that, too. It was, it was really fucking interesting. Damn. Back to Arnold. Yep, back to Arnold. So, uh, in an Associated Press story from July 19th, Arnold reiterated his belief that they weren't Army, they, that they were extraterrestrial. The ex-University of Minnesota swimmer and footballer says he now believes that, one, the discs are not from any foreign country, two, the Army could give it give the answer if it would, and, quote, uh, if they don't have the explanation now, they certainly could do something to find out, and three, if the Army has no explanation, the disc must be, and, quote, and I know this sounds crazy, from another planet. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Like, when you logic well, okay. it down that path. In 1947, we were the only country to have a nuke. Yeah. Like, we, we were the most scientifically advanced country in the world. Yeah. Like, hands down. And if our army didn't know, like, the most scientifically like, advanced branch of our country didn't know what it is, it's not from Earth. Yeah. Like, that's pretty that's much what, what he's saying. That's what I mean. Like, it, when you go down that logic tree that he just let us down, yeah, number three... Makes perfect sense. What else? What could else it could it be? Like it's gotta not be from Earth, or it has to be some sort of weird fucking natural phenomenon somehow. Yeah, but I don't believe that one. Yeah, and then you, you, never, go to, like, you never fucking know. Yeah, that's man. when you can get like into the Goblin universe, where like it comes from another dimension. And it's, yeah, it's like poking through the universe. Maybe they're even tulpas. Yeah. No, I like that thing, like the poking through the universe thing. Like sometimes, like that's that's a fun, that's a crazy theory to think of, like. He was just up there, and then that was happening somewhere else, and yeah. then he's just, like, getting this, like, weird-ass but vision because, of, like, something that happened, you know what I mean? Yeah, Fucking. but because time isn't linear, he's somehow with them right now. Yeah. There's, there was a report uh-huh. of somebody, I think it was in Ireland or Scotland, they were walking down a road during the middle of the night, um, and it got really cold all of a sudden, and... suddenly they look off to the left and they see like torches and fucking people with like swords and shit marching and then they start hearing fighting and so they fucking leave and then they come back the next day and there's nothing there and they look it up there was a battle at night between two fucking forces 
right there. Like, and they saw people not, like, they were in battle gear. Like, they were going to fight. Like, how the fuck do you explain something like that? I I mean, mean, it could just be a story, but if it happened, like, how? I've always believed that, like, when you have, like, especially, like, with humans, like, there's a spark there. Like, there's something that, like, is your consciousness. Like, there's something that obviously, like, animals don't have that, like, like, it's innate about people. And, like... Are you sure animals don't have it? Well, I mean, like... Dolphins give each other names. Yeah, that's true. Well, there, there's something, like, innate to, like, life that yeah. has, like, some sort of energy, like, that you just, like, you can restart a heart. You can get all the body's functions working again, but you're still not... Well, out. or even so, is like, you could... Your heart could be working, your brain could technically be working, but you can be brain dead. Yeah, to where that, you're, like... You're not there anymore. That's what I'm saying. It's just a living body. There's some sort of energy there, and then, like, when you die, like... It goes. It has to be extended anywhere, and if it's going to be extended anywhere, it's probably going to be in the place where you died. Like, especially, like, traumatic events like that, like, it would cause, like, uh, especially, like, with, like, an overflow of emotions and stuff like that, especially with, like, a battle or, like, a murder where, like, a lot of, like, ghost sightings happen, you know? So you think this could be something like that, too? Well, I just, like, I mean, like... Well, it could a- anywhere be, in the possibility. It could well, be really fucking I, anything. I would say more of what the story I told was getting at is like people have continually reported and like even in plane, I can give an example of one from a pilot um, where they feel like they have time traveled because there was there was a pilot. And again, I think this was in, this was in Europe. I think it was in Britain and he was I think it was during World War Two. He was flying back from a mission and he went through all of this like a storm suddenly happened and he went through all this turbulence and then he popped out on the other side of the storm and he flew over an airbase and he's like well this is weird i don't recognize what this airbase looks like and he described uniforms of people that were in the airbase and the colors of that airbase and it was the colors of an airbase they got the air, the colors and everything got changed 20 years later hmm. from when he lived. Hmm. They were changed to that color later. And he described it just how it was, but in the future. And then he went through another storm and then he finally got back to his base. Hmm. Like, it's just nuts. Hmm. Some of the things people report, and it always seems to be in like planes and whatnot. But like, like I said, that with that lady in the battle. Like she feels she stepped back in time too. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Could be like that like little that. like those time, like windows time in time is and not linear. Yeah, like we as humans imagine it as linear because if we don't, it like breaks us. It breaks our brains essentially yeah. trying to think of time not being a string of events in like a line. Yeah. Whereas the line could be folded here and here and here, and then if you're here, you might be able to move over like. It gets fucking weird. <laughs> like, but, but we can't understand it because we can't test it. We can't scientifically prove it. There, we, we, the technology just isn't there. Interesting. So, like, UFOs, maybe if it's quote-unquote time travel, even if it's accidental, maybe those UFOs came from the future. Yeah. And when they disappear, it's because they went back through however they yeah. got here. Yeah. Or maybe... I mean, obviously, in this case, it wouldn't be because he could see another plane with him. Maybe he was in the future and like that's just us in the future. Who knows? I don't know. Who's to say? Yeah. Time's fucked. That's all I know. (laughs) 
So, uh, in April of 1949, in a skeptical article in the Sunday Evening Post titled, What Can You Believe About Flying Saucers? Arnold was likewise quoted, uh, Since my first observation report of the so-called flying disks, I spent a great deal of money and time thoroughly investigating the subject. There is no doubt in my mind that these objects are aircraft of strange <coughs> design and material that is unknown to the civilization of this Earth. Fair enough. Now, who said this? Arnold. Oh, okay. So, Kenneth. Uh, now, for some, like, corroborating stories for him, uh, Arnold's sighting was partly corroborated by a prospector named Fred Johnson on Mount Adams, who wrote AAF, AAF Intelligence that he saw six of the objects on June 24th, about the same time as Arnold. So, like, the same day, same time. Uh, which he viewed through a small telescope. He said they were round and tapered, sharply to a point in the head in an oval shape. He also noted that the objects seemed to disturb his compass. An uh, evaluation of the witness by AAF intelligence found him to be credible. Ironically, Johnson's report was listed at the first as the first unexplained UFO report in Air, Fo- in Air Force files, while Arnold's was dismissed as a mirage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were up there, but yours is a mirage. This guy was on the ground with fucking binoculars. You're actually, right. you're actually a pilot. This guy's a prospector. Yeah. Well, we're kind of going to get to why. Yeah. Uh, because if they actually acknowledge that he said it, they'd have to fucking... That's fucking hilarious, though. They'd have to acknowledge that... Yeah, that's, they that's saw, pretty much it. Yeah. If they, if, yeah. His, his, like, his story was like so like widespread and everything that... like If they, they said it was a UFO, they said it was a UFO. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in Portland, the Portland, Oregon Journal reported on July 4th receiving a letter from an LG Bernier of Richland, Washington, about 110 miles east of Mount Adams and 140 miles southeast of Mount Rainer, uh, he wrote that he saw three strange objects uh, over Richland flying almost edgewise towards Mount Rainer about one half hour before Arnold. So we have three, six, and nine. Yeah, but this was a little bit before uh, Arnold's sighting. Hmm. Bernier thought that the three were part of a larger formation. He indicated that they were traveling at high speed. Quote, I have seen a P-38 appear seemingly on the horizon and then gone into the opposite horizon in no time at all. But these discs certainly were traveling faster than any P-38 I've seen. No doubt Mr. Arnold saw them just a few minutes or seconds later, according to their speed. That previous day... <laughs> just a couple of minutes or seconds later, according to their speed. Yeah, I like, mean, Cap, you're going yeah. fucking 1,500 miles an hour. Yeah, you're fucking flying. <laughs> and like, this guy was probably a guy who was in the war, and like, he's seen planes fly overhead, yeah. and like, he knows how fast they can go. And like Fuck I said, yeah. when you're on the ground, I think... I think, unless you're on, like, a really high elevation, I think the most you can see is, like, eight miles in any direction. And that includes, like, in the sky before they disappear around the curvature of the Earth. You look that up? I mean, it's not straight up, obviously. But I know on Earth, like, when you're standing on the ground, the furthest ground point you can see is, like, about eight miles out. And that's we were talking about that earlier. Assuming you have no elevation on whatever. Like, or, you're like, on a cliff. No, or there's no hills in front of you or something. Yeah, or down. Yeah. Like, if, if you're if if you're standing on flat surface, then eventually there's, like, a hill down. You'll see <laughs> further. But because of the curvature of the Earth, if you are level with a point, I think it's, like, eight miles it could Hell be yeah. shorter, it could be longer, but it's not by too much. The previous day, Bernier had also spoken to his local newspaper, the Richland, Washington Villager, and was among the first witnesses to suggest extraterrestrial origins. I believe it may be a visitor from another planet, he said. Uh, and ten days after the incident on July 4th, a United Airlines crew over Idaho en route to Seattle also spotted five to nine disc-like objects that uh, paced their plane for ten to fifteen minutes before suddenly disappearing. Hmm. 
and they like they described the exact same thing as Arnold did, pretty much in the exact same spot ten days later. Hmm. Uh, and in the weeks that followed Arnold's June 1947 story, at least several hundred reports of similar sightings flooded in from the U.S. and around the world. Several hundred. Yeah. Of the same type. No, just of like of just UFO any. sightings okay. in general. Most of which described saucer-shaped objects. A sighting by a United Airlines crew of another nine disc-like objects over Idaho on July 4th, which we just talked about, probably garnered more newspaper coverage than Arnold's original sighting and opened the floodgates of media coverage in the days to follow. Because <laughs> saying everyone's so scared to fucking say what they saw, and now they're like, oh, he said it, we can too. <laughs> it takes one person, man. <laughs> Reports were collected of 853 flying disc sightings from that year from 140 newspapers from Canada, Washington, D.C., and every U.S. state, save Montana. Ha! <laughs> This, this was Even more, the aliens don't like Montana. <laughs> this was more UFO reports in the 1940s, in, for 1947 than most researchers ever suspected. Some of these stories were uh, poorly documented or fragmentary, but about 250 of the more detailed reports, such as those made by pilots or scientists, multiple eyewitnesses, or backed by photos, made a persuasive case for a genuine mystery. Hmm, fair enough. Adding intrigue to Arnold's story, the U.S. military denied having any planes at all in the area of Mount Rainier at the time of his sighting. <laughs> of <I> course. Mean, <laughs> likewise, on July 6th, speculation arose in the newspaper articles that the objects being sighted were due to either the flying wing or the flying flat jack, which were uh, uh, both like experimental airplanes at the time that like never really went anywhere. Yeah. But they, they were still built and they could fly, but they never like mass-produced them or anything. Yeah. Uh, the military repeated that neither aircraft could account for the sightings which is also borne out by historical records. Did you just say one of the planes was a flying flapjack? Yeah, that's what it was called. All I can picture is a fucking pancake. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it looked like. Does it really? Okay, Almost. good. I'm glad at least they stuck with the name. <laughs> well, it's kind of like just real flat and squat and like has some like little tiny like legs that stick out the bottom. He's got little tiny baby legs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the most famous UFO during this period event during this period was the Roswell UFO incident. And where the alleged military recovered the crash of a flying disc, the story which broke on July 8th. So not too long after this. Yeah. Like, only a couple days later, Roswell happened. Hmm. That's kind of fucking weird. Yeah. That is kind of fucking weird. Just not knowing, like, not knowing about this one. Yeah, and so I mean, that there, the, this, because to me, like, everything we've read about this guy so far, he's credible to me. Yeah. Like, whether or not he actually saw what he saw, like, all of his descriptions... Says he saw something, and like, like he doesn't change his story. Really. Correct. He's not trying to make some fabricated, like crazy it, fucking insinuation. He's like, "Yo, this is what I saw. Yeah, this like, is the evidence that I have. I don't know what the fuck it was, based off what the fuck like, we he know." Gave, like the logic to it is like, "Well, if it's not the military, yeah, and they don't know what it is. It's got to be that's this. Right, like yeah. like he's very credible to me. Yeah. So the fact that he saw this and then fucking not not long at all later. Another plane saw the exact same thing, yep. and fucking Roswell happened. Yep, like that's yeah, so like, fucking weird. That plane, so they, like that other plane, saw these on July fourth, yeah. and then July eighth, Roswell happened. So yeah. on June twenty fourth, he says his sighting. July fourth, another plane sees uh, five to nine. It said, and then the eighth, Roswell. Yeah, that's fucking weird. Like. That's just weird. I, I don't know how else to say that. And everyone all knows like the story. They're like, oh, the weather balloons. Yeah, the weather balloons. <laughs> fucking going a thousand seven hundred. We'll have to do Roswell. I'm not. I don't know all the details of Roswell that well. Roswell's fucking weird. We'll have to cover Roswell. Like the like the deep conspiracy theory there is yeah. that like it was a planned by Russia to send doy doys and experimental <laughs> aircraft over here to like crash land to make us think about aliens. 
Yeah, it's fucking Roswell's weird, man. So, uh, the military even took an, like interest in this and started to investigate it. The first investigation of Arnold claims came from Lieutenant Frank Brown and Captain William Davidson of the Ham- Hamilton Field in California, who interviewed Arnold on July 12th. So, only like maybe two weeks after. Uh, Arnold also submitted a, a written report at this time regarding the reliability of Arnold's sighting. They concluded, It is the present opinion of the interviewer that Mr. Arnold actually saw what he stated he saw. It is difficult to believe that the man of his character and apparent integrity would state that he saw objects and write a report to the extent that he did if he did not see them. Even the military believes him. <laughs> Despite this, the Army Air Force formal public conclusion was that Arnold had seen a mirage. Yeah, but again. <laughs> again, even the military believes him. Like, that's they, just so... But they don't. Not, yeah, no, they officially don't. But these two high-ranking fucking military members are like, yeah, this guy, we, we, he, he wouldn't so, lie. So, Mr. Arnold... job to, like, determine if people... So, like, Mr. Arnold is, uh, he's an experienced pilot yeah he's not crazy no he, seems quite he does it does his does his job well yeah yeah quite quite a quite a uh has a credible employee character. right mirage right yeah <laughs> no mirage no fucking going down the patrick and the like man, it's just the so man, funny right? how all these types all of shit here. like how these always come out like this like mm-hmm. yeah. like yeah he's totally like he's cool totally credible he doesn't like no repercussions or anything he's still probably out like living his life I mean, at least the have... government didn't kill him yeah yeah but i mean at the same fuck that like you just don't like they just leave him fucking like terrified out there not knowing what the fuck well that's no it's, he shouldn't be terrified it was a mirage officially fair enough <laughs> so in addition on july 9th aaf intelligence with help from the fbi secretly began an investigation of the, be- of the best sightings, mostly from pilots and military personnel. Arnold's sighting, as well as that of the United Airlines crew, were included in the list of best sightings. Three weeks later, they came but to... But it's a mirage! Oh, no, no, that's, that's exactly. <laughs> but still... I know. <laughs> Officially, it's a mirage. But it's one of the best sightings we have, sir. Included in the report. <laughs> Three weeks later, they came to the conclusion that the saucer reports were not imaginary or adequately explained by natural phenomenon. Something real was flying around. This laid the groundwork for other intelligence estimate in September of 1947 by General Nathan Twining, commanding officer of the Air Material Command, which likewise concluded the saucers were real and urged a formal investigation by multiple government agencies. This, in turn, resulted in the formation of Project Sign at the end of 1947, the first publicly acknowledged USAF, so United States Air Force, UFO investigation. Project Sign eventually evolved into Project Grudge, which the better-known Project Blue Book. Ah. Which a lot of people know Project Blue Book is like one of the first like major disclosures that ever happened. Yeah. Which I want to do uh, an episode about them eventually. I want to do a fucking episode on, um, what is it, MK Ultra? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where they tried to use LSD to control people's minds. They were literally putting it in government employees' coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, the government, the employee would go to the bathroom... Somebody would walk by their coffee cup and just LSD. I mean, the whole point was to, like, break their minds to make multiple personalities. They, so they, they could, were like, looking turn for brain to, control. Well, yeah, they, they wanted yeah. to, like, break a personality so they could have a fragment personality where at a command word you would train turn into, like, the secret super soldier, basically. Yeah, that, the super and soldier. They, they literally also wanted to be able to mind control people. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you will do what I tell you to. Yeah, that's what, yeah. No. It's like the fuck the super soldier thing, like that. that like yeah, when they speak that shit, word, like because then because then they had other like commands that they could tell you to where like now they revert back. Yeah. To where like they have like the MK Ultra kids that like they come out all the time saying that they were like the ones experimented on and they like have like fragmented memories but of also, their fucking past doings. MK Ultra was also more than just that. If I I've watched a couple. I think maybe it was a different technically name but at the same time government the government was experimenting with like teleportation mm. and a bunch of other yeah, like, isn't psychic it fucking, powers doesn't doesn't John Benet Ramsey doesn't her father like kind of like correlate to that it was like he had fucking information on the government or something like that and that's what I, they I don't say. know if that's like an actual or if that's a conspiracy theory but yeah I, yeah I think that is it's like that's, yeah. uh, that's what I meant it's like it's one of the things that they say could be possibly yeah, part like of that. I think MK Ultra also included teleportation I yeah. also think it included like psychic powers like humans trying to develop psychic like future sight or you know levitation using the mo- like Jedi shit <laughs> running through a wall yeah like, men who stare at goats yeah. kind of shit Damn. Um, MK Ultra, it, it was a big, the whole thing. Yeah, like everything yeah. the government was doing right in that time period is fucking nuts. Yeah, we've watched uh, their last pod talks about them a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, um, we we need to cover it. Though. <laughs> it's definitely good. So the personal the personnel of the U.S. Air Force Project Sign from 1947 to 1949 also later studied on the story, including. Uh, According to Major Edward J. Ruppelt, uh, I found that there was a lot of speculation on this report. Two factions joined up behind two lines of reasoning. One side said that Arnold had seen plain, everyday jet airplanes flying in formation. The other side didn't buy this idea at all. They based their argument on the fact that Arnold knew where the objects were when he timed them. There was, there was also an odd theory that maybe Arnold had seen wind-whipping snow along the mountain ridges, so I asked Air Force Investigations about this, and I got a flat impossible. Impossible. <laughs> uh, just like the flat, nope. So yeah, that's the story of uh, Kenneth Arnold. Hmm. I'm not going to lie. I would never be able to do it because I couldn't be in the military. I Like, I mentally wouldn't be able to take it, but I would love to be a high-ranking military official, like officer or something. <laughs> like to find out all the secrets. Yeah, just be privy to so many things. I'd like to be his assistant. <laughs> Why? You're the first one that gets killed normally, then. Whatever. <laughs> I don't he knows too much. That. He knows too much. Get him. <laughs> Whatever. Just. I just want to know all the juicy. The well, juicy the assistant guys. probably won't know anything. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, they do. They know all the good stuff. Maybe. I don't know. I could if if it was like a non-combat role, I could be in the military, I guess. But even then, I don't know. Not good at taking orders. Yeah, I know you're not. Oh, yeah, but uh, MQ Ultra, like, could you imagine fucking just tripping your balls off? And there's some dude just in the military suit, just trying to like he has a brain, clipboard. He's trying to brainwash you. Like, yeah, yeah. You're just fucking sitting there tripping the there, fuck yeah, out. Yeah, dude. They, yeah. When we get into MK Ultra, it's gonna get crazy. The last thing I want to talk to when I'm fucking tripping balls is like a dude in a, like in a uniform. Like that's the last person you want to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it was it was legal. I only leave my house when I'm tripping balls. <laughs> that's a good idea. I like remember when- that time? I just totally remember that time when uh, you guys you guys got a shit ton of acid, and you guys were gonna go camping. Oh yeah, and I was like. Back. 
That are you sounds sure? like not a good idea. Yeah, I was like, are y'all sure Like, you want to do that? And they were just like, yeah, man, it's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. And I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, that, I was like, well, I it might we, be fucking... We, we got there and like set up camp and everything. And we were like, oh, like we were going to take a walk in the woods. And we were going down this path. And I was just thinking to myself, like, we're just going to keep going. And we're not going to know where the fuck we are. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, guys, I don't think this is a good idea. Like, maybe we should go back to the camp. Because, like, we, we had gone maybe, like, 30 feet into the woods, and I was like, this is not good. 30 <laughs> feet into the woods? Well, no, no, you I mean, can, from our campsite. Like, you I mean, can turn around and see the tents. This isn't a good idea. Well, we should turn around. We had, like, gone around to bend, and I was like, mm, this probably isn't a good idea. <laughs> and then we, like, got back to the campsite, and it, it just, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, the whole vibe just hit everybody. Yeah. It was contagious, because fucking... Soon enough, Justin hit me up. I was like, hey, I gotta go pick well, up the guy. We got back to my car, and I was like, all right, like, my might be able to drive home. And, like, we start going down, like, the back road, like, from, like, the woods, basically. Like, no one's at it. And I'm like, I can't fucking drive. Because like, <laughs> my console's, like, going back and forth and shit. The road's, oh, like, no. up and down. So I just pull off on the side of the road, and I'm like, yeah, we gotta call somebody. Yeah. <laughs> They finally called. I was like, what happened? They're just like, dude. Don't. <laughs> I was like, was it happening? Was it I mean, happening? We like, got there and got everything set up before like, it really kicked in and stuff. Yeah, then it kicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not... Do you remember that time when we tried to go through Puff's drive-thru and we were a car? What? What? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> say that again. We were tripping one night. And I think it was me, Carson, Justin, and Brian. And, uh... They wanted cigarettes, but like no one was driving at the time. We were fucking tripping balls, and so we walked up to Puff, and I think the inside was closed. And so like four of us stood in like what would look like a car formation, and Brian was like at the front pretending to drive. And he was like, "Shut up back there! Turn this car around!" <laughs> oh no! Obviously, they didn't get any cigarettes. <laughs> I like. I'll turn this fucking car around. Don't make me. Yeah, me and Dustin in the back were just fucking talking shit. <laughs> just standing there like we were sitting in fucking cars. Some seats. fucking idiots pull up to the drive-through. Like one of us pretending to hey, hold a wheel. No, it well, it is dangerous right there. I, I, like when I worked there, I used to get mad because people would come up all the time. And they're like, "Dude, what the fuck?" I'd be like, "Dude, do you know how many fucking crazy?" Just idiotic people in. dude yeah no like they, they come car. up and like fucking like slam the brakes have to like pull it back and stuff like there's so many times where like i've almost seen people die right there <laughs> like people come whipping around when there's <laughs> someone up there and they're just like arguing with me there's like a couple of times where like i'm arguing with them about it boom it happens i was just like dude, that's why it that's fucking why it happened, fucking- i swear to god it happens at every drive it used to happen at the bank too when i worked at the bank people would just fucking walk up to the drive through window and I'm like you I, I can't service you here yeah. you need to go inside or get into a vehicle people fucking fly around this corner and if you're standing here you, they're not gonna break in time See, back me. when like back when I was in high school probably like 10th like 9th 10th grade is when you could still do that at McDonald's and yeah, me and my homies up. would get fucking drunk as shit <laughs> <laughs> and just walked out because his house was on top of the hill and we would just walk down right to McDonald's and we would they'd like I don't know they would service us all the time and yeah no McDonald's did it when I was younger too I loved it I, the thing it is the like 
if that person gets hit in the drive-thru, it's not that person's well, McDonald- fault. It's a fucking business. McDonald's fault. is a little different. They have like three windows. Yeah. So yeah. the one that we're talking about about puffs, that's like a real sharp corner. Yeah, like yo, know, like that's like it's the, so close. Same with the bank. I would literally people yeah. would fucking freak out and be like, listen. You want to get hit by a car? Go ahead and fucking stand here. But I, I literally, just like, yeah, the, my the co- district yeah. manager yeah. would fire me yeah. if he saw me servicing you while you're just standing yeah. here. Like that's I would I lose it. my job. Yeah, that's I'm sorry. What I, I love need people. That. It's just like, dude, I'm not allowed. Doesn't matter what you think. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, you're gonna call my boss? Go right ahead. Yeah. That's my favorite. I love saying that to people anytime in the service. I love it. Oh, I'm gonna call your. Well, I'm gonna call your boss. I'll be like, yeah, go ahead. Go right the fuck ahead. Yeah. Like if you fuck if you if you're one of them cocky fucking customers that try to pull that on someone and they look at you and they're just like, yeah, go ahead. Just like understand that. Just walk. Just go home. You're not gonna win. Yeah. No, you're not. You lost. Like I think one time. I think one time when I was working at Puffs, they're like, I'm gonna call your boss. It's like, good luck. I can't get a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> if you get through, let me know. Yeah, let him know. I need to speak to him. Yo. I always loved it when people would freak out on me about not being able to cash a check. And yeah. it's like, you don't have an account with us. That check isn't even from us. Yeah. And you want me to cash that? We get people like, that how would, like, dumb. We got people that would, like, try to, like, cash checks early. Yeah. Like, they would, like, come into puffs and, like, try to be like, oh, will you, like, cash my check? And, uh, and I'll bring it to you, like... <laughs> Next Monday, and we're just like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> be like, go to the bank and ask them that. Yeah, I'll tell you no. <laughs> yeah, I'd like you exchange my whole paycheck for cigarettes. Yeah, thank you. Oh, oh yeah, dude, that's all. Like that was terrible. That was dude. Terrible. Working the drive-through is it's an experience. I'll tell you. Yeah. That. Like apparently, it doesn't differ if you're at a bank or at a fucking cigarette shop. It's the same idiots coming in. I got good at eating Chinese food really quick. See, I when I worked at the bank in the drive-thru, I would just eat all day. Fair enough. <laughs> because the way it was set up, like, you have the window where, like, you can see me. But the fucking window, like, my desk was, like, up to my fucking chest. I'm 6'3". That's a fucking big drop to the bottom. And yeah. there was, like, stairs. I would just set my fucking lunchbox and stuff beside <laughs> me on the steps. Yeah. And just fucking pull it out and Fair, eat yeah. throughout the day. Because they can't see that. It's below the desk and yeah. out of the window. So my boss didn't care. My boss would come back and I'd just fucking have like a sandwich in my one hand and fucking drink in the other. Oh shit, car's coming. Just set it right down. And he'd be like, nice. Like, <laughs> he didn't fucking care. Yeah, fair enough. I guess Puff, Puffs did have like snacks all over the place too. So yeah, well, like the, all day. I feel like there's a difference in aesthetics that people expect from a bank versus a... Yeah. Like puffs. Um, we were expected to, you know, have no. We weren't humans, obviously. You know, no food, no drinks. Yeah, we sell crackheads. Yeah, they don't care as long as they get their fix. <laughs> Need the stogies. Fucking such an. It don't hit place. right without my stogie at the end. Yeah. Now there were days at the bank where I didn't even get to take a fucking lunch, so it's a good thing I could eat in the drive-through. <laughs> Oh yeah, you didn't puff. You didn't get breaks. Yeah, no. Same with the bank. A lot of days we did. They ran on skeleton crew. You're you're required to keep two people in the front lobby because one's the teller and one is there for security. If somebody tries to fucking rob the place, I guess even though they're not gonna do anything. <laughs> I don't know what that one extra person's gonna do. 
you know. It's for the other person. Yeah, yeah, so one of you can be a meat shield, the other one can push the button. Yeah, exactly. And then you have to have one person in the drive-thru. And, that's, and there were a lot of days where there was only three people scheduled in the office. <laughs> it's like, how do you take a break? Have fun. You're, you're stuck where you are all day because nobody can go anywhere. So we were going to close the bank for 15 minutes. We're having a break in here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you remember when Zach did that at the A+. Plus? Yeah. He was like, he worked his shift. Someone on the next shift called off. And he ended up, like, he didn't want to, but I think he ended up covering that shift. So yeah. he's already worked, like, Two 24 row, fucking hours. hours minimum, yeah. yeah. And and uh, that next person called off, too. And he was just, like, fucking stuck there and shit. And then he was just like... I'm leaving. I'd yeah, leave. he's just like, yeah, screw he, this. He and locked he just, the doors and left. Yeah, I would. That's I remember I went to the A+, and there was just, like, someone, like, one of the... Someone who worked there had had been there, but they didn't have the key. <laughs> so, like, they were waiting for the manager to come. She had tried to get in, so the alarm was going off. Nice. I had, like, pulled in, and I was, like, trying to, like, get there. And it was, like, all locked up. And I was like, what the... Pulls right out. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they were like, super mad. But he totally didn't get in trouble. Well, you can't force yeah, exactly. to work 24 hours. Yeah. He, he, he honestly didn't even need to stay for that second shift. No, he didn't. Yeah. You were legally only required to be there for your scheduled shift. Yeah. He just gra- yeah. Company it just happened that, like, the person, the person called right off right. when it was, like, the overnight. So, yeah. like, everyone was asleep. He was yeah. trying to, like, get a hold of people. So, it was, it was more of just, like, he was just, like, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> like, I'm, I can't fucking stay here any longer. Home. I got to yeah, go yeah. home. Like, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to fucking fall asleep at the counter here and people are just going to steal shit. It's better if I just lock it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck that. It was just so crazy. Like, I was going to the gas station. It was just, like, you couldn't get gas. You couldn't get do anything. They had to wait for the manager to show up. That's beautiful. No, that's yeah. All is fun time working in um, customer service based uh, industries. Yeah, it's better than fucking seeing mirages and in up plane. in the sky. Yeah, I don't know if I got paid to do that. would Be pretty cool. Yeah, I would too. I don't know, man, dude. To be I don't know, man, dude. <laughs> Still think it'd be fun to run around fighting demons. Yeah, if anyone wants to like be a financier and pay me to go go some places, I would totally do that. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> yeah, maybe this I've will. I've seen uh, a ghost. That makes me an expert. So we're in the market. Yeah, we're in the market. Uh, yeah, honestly, if you want to hire us to do most things, yeah, just give us a shot. You know. Yeah. yeah. No, the worst Why not? I say is no. Yeah, and the the worst we could do is shitty. Yeah, that's true. We could do a very awful job. But but I'm an expert. I've seen a ghost before. Yeah. It if counts. You, if you like this podcast, we uh. Who knows? We might be good at some something other random task that you have for us at some random time. We could like we could even like turn the ghost out. hunt into a podcast. Okay, we could. We could. I still want to turn D and D into a podcast, but that that's just a weird setup that I need to get going. Yeah, we got to work with it, but it's fine. A couple more mics. We need some laptops. That that's would be the, the, that would be the thing. We would need at least one laptop yeah. to run the soundboard. Yeah, we need something that we can go mobile with. Yeah. yeah, but either way, that was a fun one, Kenneth Arnold. We salute you. Your name's not Kenneth, huh? Your name's not Kenneth. It's Brad. I know. Yeah, I said Kenneth Arnold. Arnold, we salute you. Yeah, I know. To many of years of UFO sighting since your first one, the one that really broke that. I love. I love that part of the of the whole story. It was just like him like the flood hundreds <laughs> like hundreds of stories come through it was just like finally motherfucker one person said well, it I mean, honestly that was the same way with the dog man we talked about it 
Like that yeah. one guy saw it, and then people were like, "Oh, well, like we were seeing shit like that." Yeah, we saw shit by Bray Road too. <laughs> yeah, we just thought we were nuts. It just takes one person to come forward, and then everybody else is like, "Oh, well, maybe I can too." And then, and that's go. the creepy part, because it's like after like yeah, so many could be f- uh, like fabricated, but. Yeah, they had such a big list, and they pared it down to still, like, 200. Yeah. Like, of, like, well, these, well, these are pretty credible. Like, yeah. You can't really, like, disprove them. Yeah. That you is can't like disprove these. Yeah, like, 200 more cases just like him, where there's evidence and, like, the top of the, the top of the top at the time were just like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, that's what's creepy about it. Yeah. No matter, like, that's the, that's the allure that fucking gets me all the time. And no matter what it is. And Eisenhower struck a deal with them. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're already here taking people. We might as well try to make a deal with them. Yeah, so, and then, you know what? The sightings obviously went down. It's all part of the bigger picture. But, yeah. It's been another good one. I'm Bud Walker. Michael Foskey. And I'm Seth. We'll see you next week, kids. Bye. Could you imagine giving a horse a rape kit?